Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes and welcome to our spoiler special of Avengers Endgame. But it's not just me, I'm joined by some special guests. Anthony McCormack. I am special. Mark Barrett. Alright. And Alex Hudson. And I am Hawkeye of our Avengers. <laughs> you are Captain America, McCormack, you are garbage bin. <laughs> and you're like a Hulk, I guess, Mark. Rehearsed. <laughs> You are, you are <laughs> my. Not I like to think of you as my soul stone because I'm willing to sacrifice you. I like to think of you as my <laughs> infinity gauntlet because you're because you're like scrap you're metal, it. <laughs> <laughs> garbage man. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, fine. I like to think of you as my titan in that I wish you were a crumbling wreck. Oh wait, you are. Boom. Welcome to the rest of this episode. This is going to be such a nice episode, and then it turned horrible immediately. <laughs> Welcome to... I mean, sorry, McCormack, I did call you a garbage can <laughs> member of the Avengers. So, in other words, bloody uh, four, I imagine. Um, I welcome know. to, as I said, a spoiler special for Avengers Endgame. If you've not seen Avengers Endgame, go away, spend all three hours watching it, come back and listen to three more hours of us talking about it. Hopefully it's not that long. Better not be, man. Game of Thrones, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuff to watch. Um, yes, so, um, obviously we're all here for Infinity War. Um, there is a Jason. Um, Somewhere. But unfortunately, he is the one we did have to sacrifice. <laughs> like, to to his child. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously brought everyone back together to talk. So, is his child Red Skull? <laughs> his child is the Cliff. <laughs> Why would he struggle? Beckoning. Well, Jason. Beckoning Jason went back just like he's about yeah. to leave the house and it's like. And he goes, Oh, but if you. You could this, still come get the Soul yeah, Stone. Yeah, and he's like, Oh, that Soul Stone sounds real nice. And then he jumps in and we were like, Oh no! My child oh, no. betrayed me! I've Red got a skull. child now! Uh, and then he just gets a little baby Red Skull in his arms. <laughs> Already read. <laughs> Already with Hugo Weeding's voice, like, Father. Uh, what's the etymology of Red Skull's Red Skull, by the way? I know this isn't really the... What do you mean? How does he get it? He, he peels his face off. And yeah, he's, 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 he's is that what it is? Do you not remember? I, I Captain America, the first Avenger. He's like, film once he's like, I've got the face of Hugo Weaving. Ago. And then he goes, now it's a red face with Hugo Weaving's voice. Was it... Okay, here's my question is, was it always a red skull underneath there? Was it always a Hugo weaving on top? Well, demonstrably in the last two films, no, that is not the case. <laughs> it also wasn't a Hugo weaving underneath in okay. the last two films. To be fair, no one ever like, texts forward to tell him you're coming around, so he doesn't make himself presentable. <laughs> He's like, shit, I'm sitting on my Dementor garb. <laughs> so... Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. Let's get on with this. <laughs> so, we're going to talk um, through Endgame. First first things first, as always, um, Barrett, what was the plot of oh, Avengers shit, Endgame? I forgot about this. It's been like two years since I've sat in this chair and had to do this. It's been one. It's been one year. <laughs> that to me is two. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm is that like my time moves differently. And I'm saying, uh, okay, hang on, right. Plot review. I guess the... The, the original Avengers 
and some tagalongs are really upset about how they lost, so they go back in time and fix it. Yeah, okay, that, that works for me. Does anyone want to disagree with? Right? Pretty much exactly what happened. Um, so, what do people think? Like, get, let's get general feeling first before we start going through the film. Um, who wants to start? What was your general feeling? Loved tomorrow? it. There you go. We have one for loved it. If you want to put that in the column, I very much enjoyed this film. Um, so I've seen it twice now, and um, <laughs> of course, just you say have. loved it. Just say I'm loved sure, it. I'm sure I told you. Did I just, not tell you this? I went back on, so I saw it with you guys, and then I went back a couple of days later and watched it in IMAX. Um, and basically, found the one seat in IMAX in literally over two days, unless I was going to go at midnight. I really didn't fancy going at midnight. Um, and yes, yeah, so I watched it again, and I, I think that I appreciate the film a whole lot more from the second time. Is it better in IMAX? Yes, certain moments definitely are. It does look like it would be sexy now. Like, yeah, it is a very visual like that, film. That ending is... If we all stay and silent, will you carry on doing it? Yeah, for, for an hour and a half, and then I'll play the theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to every episode of the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. You haven't listened in a while, Mark. It's regressed. <laughs> so let me tell you about Howlboy. It's, it's weird that it was more vocal when you were on it. <laughs> about what you <laughs> of what oh <laughs> you know I, I wonder what your noises I thought they were pretty good I thought Thank it was you. really involving I, I really felt like I was a part of your explosion what about Endgame that's alright <laughs> <laughs> better or worse than the noises well that's a stupid question isn't it well, worse. better or worse than the noisettes <laughs> great band underappreciated in their time didn't stop the rhythm um, I always got them confused with noisettes of lamb which are small sort of uh, cutlets almost. There's, there's a certain person that there'll be one person in our entire audience who's just like, brave. It's me. It's me, <laughs> yes, it's it's me when I eventually listen back three like, years from now. If I, I hear go, you applauding from another room, I'll be like, yeah, he's, he's got to it. I made my noisettes joke. If um, you went back in time and you're in the basement right now, we would know, wouldn't we? Because you'd be, <laughs> yes, <or two. laughs> yes. What did you think, Alex? Uh, you know, it's for you guys and I'm <laughs> delighted. And it's, more enjoyable than for me than Infinity War. Yeah. As a, a mm-hmm. as a passerby, I would call myself. I've watched all of the films. <laughs> well, like you were just walking through really the cinema, and you went. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I will sit down and watch this one. I, I just I just perched against the wall for three hours. <laughs> like a like, dad walking past the park when like um, a Sunday league game's going on. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to watch this football. Yeah, and then he gets a text because, from his wife. His wife won't saying, let him have Sky. You, Greg. Um, Gregum, go nightmare! I've had an absolute shocker. Oh, I could have said Greg or Graham. Instead, I said Gregum. That's not a name. No one's ever been called Gregum. The deal is your firstborn. Yes, your firstborn has to be called Gregum. And if the man was called Gregum, I would definitely leave him if I was his wife. Oh, how's Gregum? Sorry, excuse me. I'll just throw up all over your husband's stupid fucking name, Gregum. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as a passerby to this franchise, uh, more enjoyable than Infinity War, uh, and a good sort of conclusion piece to this. Uh, as I said on the podcast on Sunday, a good conclusion piece to this uh, this particular era of this universe. 
Okay, so we're going to talk, like I said, once or twice But I've now. got problems. I imagine you have. <laughs> and what about the film? <laughs> don't want to talk about those. This is my free therapy session. <laughs> I've got my therapist in the room with me this time. Like, you're the only person who like, gets an intervention made for themselves. You're like, yeah. if I get all my friends here, they've got to talk me around. Yeah, and then you also turned up. So, you know, <laughs> unfortunate for me. I'm but... sorry you said that to you, Anthony. <laughs> Hang on, which, which one is your therapist? <laughs> All three of you. Oh, all three, okay. Yeah, I get different things <laughs> from different ones of you. Uh, for instance, well, Andy has to do this every week. Is less therapy now and more an ordeal. <laughs> you come once every... I mean, this is the second, third time on the podcast, maybe, for you? Yeah, it's third. Third. What was the first time? Was I around for that? Just, Just this league. I don't think I would have approved that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Mark comes back once every... I don't know... He's like a werewolf, probably once every blue moon. That's not what werewolves are, I know that. Blue werewolves, though. Oh, yeah, okay. Smurf werewolf. That's right. Wear smurfs. They have those little white hats on. And all of them wear pants, despite not having genitals, we think. (laughs) Has that ever been confirmed? Why would you want that confirmed? So, there's only one female smurf. Have we got time to go into smurf? I guess. It depends. It's necessary. So, Smurfette is the only female Smurf. Smurfette is not a natural Smurf, though. Smurfette was created by Gargamel in order for Gargamel to fuck Smurfette. That might not be true. But all of it up until the bit where I said fuck is correct. Um, I think he wants to eat Smurfs. Yes. And he grew her as like an impossible burger type thing. Uh, where he's like, maybe I could grow my own artificial Smurf that tastes like the real thing. And then she was like, oh, but you don't want to eat me. And he was like, no, but I really do. And then she was like, oh, but you don't want to eat me. And then she ran out the window. I thought you were going to say, and then he fucked her. <laughs> I think hey, it's implied. I've seen some stuff on the internet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes he does. <laughs> I'll bring that up at a point not on the podcast because I had a thought earlier today that was kind of weird. Cool, let's Just go what? for it. That's odd. <laughs> I, I say I'm always worried when there's a... What a teaser a... that is for the audience. They'll never, They'll never know, know what know, it is. But we will. But this weird porn scenario I imagined in my head. That's what it is. <laughs> and considering we're just talking about Smurfs as well, that makes it even... Yeah, I know. more intriguing. Uh, no, it's not. It's nothing to do with that. It's much more mundane than fucking a smurf. <laughs> missionary. Have anyone thought about missionary lately? <laughs> Would anyone want to watch that? <laughs> <laughs> Loving. Shall we talk Endgame? <laughs> I think we probably should. Yeah. So, as in your climax. Hey, oh! Come on. This is why we've been it's, it's just a lot of fun. So. Just a few good old chaps having a good old time. We're going to go. <laughs> That's what he was wearing in that scenario. Um, We're going to go through through the story and basically just talk about certain bits. If you've got a point to say, just shout it out. Um, So, so yeah, the film kicks off with um, basically opens with Hawkeye and his family, and we basically see where Hawkeye was during the whole of Infinity War, which was. Teaching his daughter to fire a bow and arrow. Under house arrest. Mm-hmm. Under house arrest, yeah. And his daughter and family just kind of... 
Float off in the breeze. Yeah, that's that was. Uh, I think I turned to you at the time and said, "I was like, You're right. that was really hard. <laughs> that was really dark, right, to start off with, because you saw the terror in his in his face, like instantly. Mm. Like, that must be horrible. He he's knows got, something's happened, but he's got no idea what or why. And I think that's obviously the, the rest of the world has felt that. But mm. we know we know what guys. So we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna be sad for him more. And for me, I wanted this film to start with like a montage, of like <clears throat> a montage of loss. But actually, that way with just a one scene of it did enough for me to go, okay, that's just one person we know, and we know what that would mean for him. Um, and also, it does a good thing to set up his character later on in the film when you get him come back as Ronin. Um, is it Ronin? Yeah, I think it is. Moody Hawkeye. Yeah, Moody Hawkeye. Um, Ronin is correct. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I, I got him confused with um, Ronan the Barbarian. That's Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> no, it's Ronan the Barbarian from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a running joke from like five years I ago. I also got him confused with, uh, was John Reno in Ronan? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And Natalie Portman. Um, no, that was the professional. No, that was Leon the professional. Leon, Leon the professional. Uh, yeah. Hmm. This is quite the tangent. Sean right. Bean's in Ronan. So, the, so what did you make, <laughs> did you enjoy that? Because obviously you get, from that beginning you didn't get into the Tony Stark um, in space, space thing. Stop googling. That's true. I just want to find out who's in Ronin. Is it Robert De Niro? It's Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then you get the whole bit with Tony Stark in space and like his message to Pepper, um, and then eventually coming down. So what did you make of this whole this whole opening then, up until the point where like let's say till Tony comes down? I I, <clears throat> I have some thoughts about it. I initially thought. Well, yeah, it's you know they're they're in space and they're lost and it's it's necessary. But then because it got resolved pretty much instantly by Captain Marvel, like just flying around and finding them, and it's like, oh, we're in space. Oh, we're gonna die. Oh, we're saved. That's nice. <laughs> it it just felt like it was just something just to kind of tug at heartstrings a little bit, and it's mm. maybe a little bit of foreshadowing for what was to come later on. I don't know, but it, it I don't think it it was as hard hitting as. I, for me, I anyway, like, I like the speech. It was a good speech, don't get me wrong. I don't think that it was anything wrong with it. It's just, heart out. it's just the fact that it was just fixed very easily. And yes. I think it's probably because it was pitched in, in the trailers and everything like he was, that's him, he's done now and he dies in space. And then he's Imagine literally that's winning. how they killed him off. Should have. Like, I was really hoping that <laughs> right. would break. <brave. laughs> like, that would have been amazing. That's the way. Like, and there's generally a point where I was like, what if this is how they killed Tony Stark? Oh, like, never that point. Yeah, but, it's like, it is. but there was absolutely no thought in it. It feels like there was no thought. It's like, how can we get... Oh, we have Captain Marvel. There you go. Mm. Yeah, that's how it felt to me. And obviously, um, you've not seen Captain Marvel, but... I haven't, no. The, I feel like I've seen end... enough of Captain Marvel. Well, the end credits of Captain Marvel is her arriving at the Avengers facility. Yeah. And I found it quite interesting that they decided just not to put that in the film. And they just kind of went, oh yeah, she's there. Yeah. Like, almost just go, yeah, yeah, if you don't know it, then by the way, she's there. Like, we've not seen Captain Marvel. She's at this facility. They didn't feel the need to kind of go. Oh, actually, she is. But I, I really like kind of how Tony Stark looks in this because he looks frail. Like I think they've done some kind of like yeah, I think they CG'd his, his face onto a, a onto a smaller body. Mm. They must have. It was the same kid that played Captain America in the first. Film. <laughs> no, cause he's buff now. Oh, my bad. <laughs> that, 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 he got that, that was just Chris Evans. Did you know? Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> he literally just went on a mad workout for like thirty minutes and. But yeah, I. It's true. I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. Um, that kind of Tony Stark coming back and kind of having that discussion, like kind of we failed, like. 
it's a re- it's a really nice moment to kind of see the Avengers because we've not seen the Avengers lose properly. Yeah, no. And it's really nice to see them kind of go, "Oh no, we did we did lose this," and Cap being like, "Yep, yeah, we lost." And Tony going, "I tried to stop him. I did too." You got four moping in the corner. Um, I thought it was just really nice, kind of, to bring those characters all back together and then have this realization. But then Tony Stark being, I didn't expect it for Tony just to be like, "Well, you." You take what does he do? He hands him his armor, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah, You yeah. go find Thanos, you put that on, and you do what you're going to do because there's no way to beat him. And it's quite a defeatist attitude to somebody who we've seen is quite, he's normally quite cocksure of himself. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, there's a, like a parade of albino cats outside your window. It's quite interesting. Should have closed those curtains. <laughs> no, it's true though. I agree. I agree. That, about the albino cats. Yeah, about the albino cats for one. But no, I, I agree. It's, like you said, he, he usually is this very certain... He's very sure of himself and he knows exactly what he wants and how he gets it. But this is the one moment where, especially as Iron Man, probably in his adult life more than anything, that he has is, is not been able to get what he wants or, or yeah. do what he needs to do. And that's, that's and cost the world. Does that throw back to Age of Ultron as well where he says... I wanted a suit of armour around the world. I said that would save us. Mm. And nobody listened to me. And, I, and they're like, yeah, but you did create Ultron, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. we tried listening to you and you created a murderous robot. And he's like, yeah, but I could have put one around the world. And it's like, that doesn't help, Tony. It's not his finest move. <laughs> Plus, I don't think that would have stopped someone clicking. <laughs> Unless this is like a murderous robot from the Footloose era. They remove all thumbs of entrance into the world. <laughs> and they learn to click with just Everyone's fingers. Everyone's just got paddle hands. <laughs> like lobsters. <laughs> Can't click. You can just make it rain. Do you have, do you have to click? I, I was thinking Is that. it exclusive to the click? Can't you or, fist bump? Or could could you, could you one-handed clap? Like, oh, what the thing is, like, like, could you? Do you need to make do, a do noise? Do you have to click? Because there's 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 clicks. There's mm. there's not just one. There's multiple clicks. So is it just the popular girls, the jocks, <laughs> <laughs> multiple clicks? But the thing is, like, I, maybe it's a case of they saw Thanos doing it. Like, okay, that must be the way you do it then. But why did why did Thanos decide the click? Because it made him look sweet. <laughs> Because otherwise, what would they have chest. said in those trailers apart from Gamora going, oh, all it will take is just one one-handed clap <laughs> One it jazz hand. It doesn't really carry well in a trailer. That's the problem. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. Like, that's not a threatening gesture. Hey, it looks like you're waving at someone weirdly. The thing is they had to stop him going to his um, performance of West Side Story afterwards. <laughs> I can get that, yeah. I, I think that also be a good musical theatre type. It's like when you're a jet, jet is clean. When you're a it's titan, like, you're a titan. Or it's like oh, people nice. just disappear and explode and turn into frogs. It's like, oh no, stop him from performing. Yeah, say what you like, though. You would pay to see that show. 100%. I'm going to run it. Fan of school musical. <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. Him and Zac Efron. It's high school musical, but instead of Vanessa Hudgens, it's Thanos. And it's literally shot for shot the same film. <laughs> he couldn't be Gabrielle. <laughs> what about a. Um, couldn't lace her shoes. Ashley Tisdale. Uh, ah. Sharpay Evans. Sharpay, that's the one. Could it be a Sharpay? Well. Uh, that is the song that I like most in the film. We all know that. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, the guy who creates creme brulee. Thanos yeah. was like, creme brulee! <laughs> or the guy who doesn't know how to play a violin. <laughs> what, the skater? Thanos is a skater, he's got the skater hair. I want to play the violin. Then he just cracks out a double bass. It's like, you don't know what a violin is, you know. <laughs> he's like, I like to dance, pop, lock. I got major issues with high school musical, so we're not going to get into High school musical is damn near perfect. Yeah, that song is damn near one of the worst songs of all time due to people saying, oh, a lot of people think I'm book smart, but I love hip hop. Oh, God. Yeah, but imagine that's Farrell saying it. Yeah, but the thing is, that was me. (laughs) I am that woman, except I don't pop lock and bump and grind or whatever she says. I feel filthy when I watch that film. I believe, I believe the line was pop, lock, jam and break. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> of course you'd know the worst line in a film. So this all leads up to basically them finding out where Faust is. Mm. Um, they find out he, he's got a retirement Can I plan. just say something? No. Okay. Yes. It was about the film, you fuck. Names are here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I like the Tony Stark stuff. Yeah. I like the Hawkeye stuff. Uh, I know you're not going to let me speak very often in this one, so I've got to get my licks in where I can. But I like that stuff. That's yes. my favourite. Like the, the first third of this film is my favourite third of the film. Um, I know it's... It's my second. All right, stop pulling faces, mate. It's I know, my second favourite. I know you love the fight scene. I thought the fight scene was the worst bit of it for me. Well, not the worst bit, because we all know what the... Well, okay, fine. It stopped being good after the first hour for me, but the first hour was really top-notch stuff. <laughs> So I like that. I like yeah. Tony Stark returning. I liked his character because it felt like it fit with what he wanted, what he, what we knew about him as a person. So that really felt like, oh, okay, they've got it right, and he's doing some really good stuff here. Mm-hmm. The Hawkeye stuff, uh, I will say now, it is a shame that they didn't explore that more. No, because it's 100%. it's underserved, and that first scene is really good. And I thought. A better, a better interpretation of this film would have that pushed more. I don't know. Spent more time with that and less time with the planet hopping. I think. Yes. But yeah, that's where I feel. Continue. No, I I absolutely agree. Um, and we'll get on to Hawkeye a little bit later as well. Um, so yeah, then we find out that where Thanos is, he's got a time um, planet, um, and they go and they confront him because he's used the stones recently. But actually, he's just destroyed the stones, and there's no chance of going back. Um, and Thor beheads him and mm-hmm. has After his taking his arm off as well. Yes. I mean, they, they fully mutilate Thanos here. They, they, they kind of cruel. Like, you've got like Captain Marvel all there, <laughs> like, thank God me. And she's like strangling him. Like, yeah. He, he goes through the mill. Yeah, and I think it, that shocked me a little bit because I never. Ex- like, it makes sense based on the rest of the movie, <clears> but at that point. I started to question whether or not Thanos was going to be the big bad or whether they were going to explore different options of of, yeah. of, of a different villain whilst they were still trying to figure out how to fix the shit that he caused. Was it, was it you that said, I wish that the credits just came up at that point? Yeah. And then that's it. Then, then for the rest of the uh, two hours, 54 minutes, it's just the Russo brothers sat there in the director's chairs laughing constantly. <laughs> I don't think it would have made as much money. Just but... rolling in the money. <laughs> it will. The thing is, I found that really interesting because obviously that leads you to a point where you go, okay, so where does this story go? Because I, I purposely avoided and I heard like rumours of like time travel and stuff, but I was like, 
okay, we'll see what happens. And I kind of completely forgot about it when by the time I got in there and I was watching it. Um, but what I liked before you got there was you had this kind of little thing of just how are they all adjusting? So you've got the um, Captain America having his support groups with a nice little cameo from Joe Russo, is it? You're... Uh, I think it's Joe Russo. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, he didn't do a bad job in it. No, it, it wasn't just... the worst cameo. I mean, it's it's nothing think, Quentin is, Tarantino's if, ever done. If you don't know what he looks like, it's <laughs> a very in, yeah. it, it's a very discreet cameo. For example, Barrett, I'm imagining you didn't realise that was the direct, well, one of the directors, right? Um, no, I still don't really, I'm not listening. Okay. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I, I think I know, you're on about the guy that's talking about... The date what, that he went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, so he's oh. one of the directors. Cool. Apparently uh, he's been so, in all of their films. Uh, like he's, he's had in, a cameo in all of them. Yeah, he's definitely in uh, Civil War. Mm. Uh, I remember him he being is? in it. But, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in all of them. Apparently the other one doesn't do it. He's like, nah. But I don't think... I, I think this is this is by far his most screen yes. time. I think a couple of them may have been just background things, whereas this one's very much at the forefront. Because mm. uh, this is the in that five years after stretch, Yeah, yeah. It? Yeah. So it makes sense that that's what Cap's doing. Like he's trying to help people see actually there's positives to come out of this. And yes, we all have to learn to move on because. Mm. And I lo- I love that line of, well, if we don't learn to move on, then Thanos will just kill us all. Like I I like that as a sentiment of, look, half us are gone. We can't get it back. So we either move on or we might as well be dead. And I kind of like that as a a almost inspiring kind of. Get your head, get your head was, in the game. I was, I was thinking about it because I like the way that they, they explored it five years later rather than like mm. just immediately because yeah. you do really get to see the aftermath and the effects of how people are. But I was, I was wondering whether or not Thanos would be happy with what he created because he, he dis, he, his whole philosophy was to get rid of half the, half the population so that the rest could thrive. They weren't thriving no. at all. So it would, and again, it's something you would never find out. When it comes to central, whether message. or not he would be happy with what he's created, because well, he's not. Because we see later on, he comes in, and his his problem is nobody is grateful for what he's done, and he says, um, "I'm not happy because you ha- you remember what was, and because you remember what was, you don't appreciate what is, and that's why when he comes back and like uh, you know towards the end of the film, his plan is to destroy everything mm. and rebuild from nothing because." no one will have a memory of what was. So he, I don't think he would be happy with what he created. I don't think he would be at all. Um, but you are just taking Earth as your example here. Yeah. Oh, there's, well, there's probably, yes, of course, yeah. probably a planet around the universe was like, so much room! <laughs> <laughs> Lying in their kingside bed. Kingside bed they now got to their cell. Like, my wife was gone! <laughs> Some of us have that already. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's Not a guy who's been really unhappy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know it makes sense for him. And, you know Natasha's thrown herself into she's basically the head of Shield now, mm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? You've um, seen the film recently. I don't know. Oh, I saw the film ages ago. Rocket and Nebula are off on the adventures. Captain Marvel's like off well, on what, that's that's kind of a nice way to get rid of Captain Marvel in a way because they turn around and they're just like. Oh, are you coming back? And she's like, well, what's happening on Earth is happening to a lot of other places. I've got a lot of shit to do. Like, they kind of do it in the beginning as well, where they're like, where have you been? She's like, well, everything you've been dealing with on Earth happens in everywhere else, but they don't have the Avengers to deal with it. Mm. And it kind of goes, okay, so that's why she's not here. Yeah, I think that was a nice way of doing that with, with, with her, because it makes sense for 
Well, you want to take your big players out of the game, don't yeah, you? Yeah, like, because they did that in the Infinity War, didn't they? They took the major hitters out. Makes, so, it, makes you question why you put in characters of that standard if you're going to remove them. Because she comes back later on and has yeah. a, a fun time. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up when we come back to it because it's nonsense. But, um, we'll that. but yeah, so she's off and I, I like the way they kind of go, okay, we're not going to have her involved. We're going to kind of push her to yeah. yeah, they absolute Xavier. It's exactly what they do with Xavier. Uh, when they go, we don't want him in this story, so we're just going to Xavier. immediately. Um, you know, and then we hear that Jeremy Renner's Ronin is all around the place. Um, Murdering people yeah. for fun. Apparently, maybe. before people get their guns off, and I'm like, well, he doesn't do that later. People are definitely shooting at him. Mm. Um, so Natasha wants that... Um, and that's when Steve comes in and he's like, hey, there's some, I saw some whales, guys. <laughs> like, everyone loves whales. It's like Steve. Optimistic I'm... Steve over there. <laughs> but only half the whales I would have seen before. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Ant-Man comes out. I'm pretty sure there's a scene before this where Ant-Man comes out of the, yes. is saved by the rat. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. yeah, the rat of convenience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this when he comes and we find out basically He's been in the quantum realm for five hours. Also, this rat accidentally popped him out. Did no one ever think about pressing one of those buttons? Why would you, though? Because I thought about this. Why would you? Why wouldn't you? If you've got, if you, if if, you've got if, a van and you have no idea what it does... But if half the population have gone, you want, to, you, you want to try So it, it looks odd. No one's around. Curiosity. To, boop. to be honest, I've got the, the more poignant question, I think, of where can I buy one of these van's batteries? because if you've ever left a car for five years which I've definitely done it does not work again that's not how that operates that's a good point but yeah where can I buy one of these rats where are these rats of convenience (laughs) I I need more convenience in my life where can I buy a rat (laughs) Um, yeah the most important rat in the Marvel Universe really what about Loki he's a bit of a rat okay I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brave. Yeah, we find out that Ant Man has basically been in there for five hours in comparison to five years. Um, oh, that's one thing. I, because obviously this is before this. I I really like the bit where he comes out and you see him kind of finding out about yeah, wandering around San Francisco. That's, that's a nice, really really nice moment for me. And again, plays into this whole feeling of this first third being all about coping with loss and the the after effects of the the first film which is uh, myself going into this is what I would have wanted the entire yeah. film to be so for me I was there like oh okay you're actually doing the thing I want you to do that's really mm-hmm. good because I didn't necessarily expect it I I hoped for it but I didn't expect it and the fact that it got as much screen time as it did, I was happy for. I was a bit upset that it kind of just got dropped a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, as it went on. Like It had to end at some point, though, didn't it? Yeah, it doesn't have to. Yeah. Five-hour film. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. Wait till you see the Hudson cut. 20-minute <laughs> <laughs> um, film. But I really like that kind of, like, him going to the... Like, I, I love the, the idea of the memorial and him kind of, like, running around mm. looking for his daughter and then finding his own name. Yeah. Um, and then that must what be was terrifying. Never looked for his wife yeah. or girlfriend or whatever she, where she is. Well, I've not seen the second one. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a boss. I'm not seeing it. I don't know. Um, but he goes and runs to his daughter. And was like, what if I'm really confused? I'm sure in like Ant Man, his daughter's like eight. Yeah, she's young. Yeah, and then she's like eighteen. No, I, I think I, I think she's a little older than eight because if you if you look back, she in in Ant Man the Wasp, she's 
She's probably reaching the end. She's probably 10 or 11 at most. That still makes her like 16. And that girl that he answers the door to him is like Girls these 18 days to 20. Girls older than they, look, than they are. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like, it really confused me that she looked so old. Yeah. Like, in comparison to what... Because obviously, I think it's... I was like, like, oh, Judy Greer's de-aged. Well, I thought it was really, I really like the idea of it, you know, because I thought if you had... If Michelle you had... Pfeiffer's looking good. <laughs> Oh, she always does. She just plays Captain And they're like, if you had his daughter die yeah. as well, like get phased out, then you're like, that's two dead families. And that's. So I like this idea that he goes back and actually his family have now kind of probably moved past him. And, you know, they still mourn for him, but then suddenly he turns up at the door. That's a really nice, yeah. nice thing. Uh, but it did put me off of just being like, but the age disparity is so weird between what you were and what you are. I didn't feel that. Oh. Did it not? I, it took me out of the film. I was just like, "I'll be honest, I don't remember Ant Man and the Wasp." So it. last time I saw Ant Man's daughter was in 2015 in my head, hmm. and she was about seven. There, I was like, "It's probably fine." <laughs> I don't know. It works yeah, because you got to remember Ant Man. Yeah, we're thinking. Maybe about I just it. don't remember Ant Man and the Wasp. Maybe she's a lot older than I remember. In, I think she's about eleven. Between 10 and 12, I would say. Let's say 12. <laughs> Let's say 12. But it's probably not the point to get hung up on in this film, to be honest. No, but I don't... But I'm there. This is the hill I die on, boys. <laughs> it didn't take me out of it until I... Did, to be fair, I never really gave it a second thought. I just thought, oh yeah, she's five years older. And I, There's a big a difference from a 12-year-old to a 17-year-old as well. Mm. Yeah, there's a huge difference to a 12-year-old. I mean, five years ago. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, like, maturity-wise, there's a big difference. So... Yeah, just just get over it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I shan't. Um, yeah, so like I said, I really like that stuff. Um, but yeah, they, so then we find out that apparently time travel might be possible, yep. and they need to go speak to Tony Stark. Mm. Mm. I know that they talk a lot of quantum talk, but yes. it still didn't make sense. It, yeah, the, the thing is, a lot of the stuff in this where they talk time travel, it's all a bit gobbledygook and kind of. Make your own mind up because there's there's definitely plot holes in that time travel stuff. Um, there is most time to... travel stuff. Though, yeah, yeah, it depends on your theories. Yeah, but but I mean, you know, it's always going to be gobbledygook when you talk about time travel because you know there ain't no truth. But I'm not Back to the Future. <laughs> I'm not. They do. They do mention it. To be fair, yeah. but I'm I'm not so bothered about that. I'm a little bit more bothered that they go to Tony Stark to say we kind of need to like go back in time, and he goes, I don't really want to. I figured it out. That he figures out so fast during his spare time when he doesn't want to do it. Like it's not even really putting his mind to you, it. And just like, oh yeah, shit. What did you make of the whole time. Tony Stark's family and stuff? Like, what did you think that added? Yeah, level two. Yes, definitely. Well, it was key to that character in this film. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Because it's the thing that he probably has always wanted to have, and yet has felt like he's never had the opportunity to have due to his prior engagement as Iron Man. So it's only at the point that you literally stop being Iron Man and you admit defeat in whatever that was, and then you can actually go away and enjoy being Iron Dad. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's a great dad. The, as the well. impression, <laughs> the impression I got was that he had been working on that plan prior to their arrival. Yeah, I suppose you could. You could. That was my. That was the takeaway I had from it. Was that. This was not news to him when they came to it. Yeah, I think in my in my head, he definitely had this thought previously, and just didn't want to admit that he'd been working on it 
Um, well, there's that whole thing of he doesn't want to lose what he's got now. And yeah. that's the point he makes across, isn't it? That we bring them back, anyone back to now, we don't go back to that time because then I lose every, everything yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't want to lose that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I I like this kind of added element to him. Uh, that, you know, there's a bit more jeopardy to his story of just he doesn't want to lose anything. It's also a good plot device as to why that you can't just argue, why don't you just go back in time? Instead, they have to do what they end up doing. Because if you can just go back in time and the consequences of the last five years can be erased, then it's not a problem. Mm. You can effectively just go back and do things differently with the whole team there. Yeah. But you can't do that if you want to preserve what has come to pass. Because mm, he feels like he's out of a, out of them all. He's the only one that's actually benefited from... from Which means now. that Doctor Strange saw that rat press that button. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah, he he did. knew. He knew. I want to come, I'll come um, to Doctor Strange when we get there too. Right. But I've got, I've got um, issues with this. I guy. think you'll find that... Um, much like the scepter of Kundun or whatever it's called, the Rat of Convenience is. is another little spirit animal from. Okay, hang on. What's the scepter? Of... I don't know. They mentioned it in the first Doctor Strange. Cool. I think I think it's the weapon that um, Baron Mordo uses. Okay, I, I, I don't it's think not it's not the Wi-Fi password. Yes, it is. He uses the great Wi-Fi password story. as a great joke. He uses it as a weapon. He We're basically not savages. <laughs> they got bloody Wi-Fi, mate. Um, in so, Nepal Tony Stark that? at that point decides he's not going to help so they have to go to a bigger brain yeah ha <laughs> <laughs> literally a green big brain Professor Hulk Professor Hulk alright Ravi <laughs> we have a friend called Ravi who literally look, like Hulk looks like a green Ravi like yeah we want to just, just put it out there right now Ravi is not green <laughs> 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 but like their, their their face looks identical. Yeah, that that kind of took me out of the movie. Yes. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's because as soon as I as soon as we went, that's Ravi. That's all I could see. Um, but yeah, what did you make of like? Do you do you prefer this version of Hulk rather than like this mindless beast or the Mark Ruffalo's CGI'd into a Iron Man suit from the last I, one? I like this version. My my problem with having so much of this version is we didn't see anything of the Hulk that we know and love hmm. he, so we didn't see he hardly appears in the see final Hulk rage the only time we saw Hulk rage was when he goes back in time and he's a sees himself sees mm. himself and you can assume that he rages in the final battle but you don't really see him no you hardly see him like the second time now I, I think there's like two or three shots of Hulk in that entire thing and I think, and I think Hulk now is is so obviously we've had the two Hulk films before that didn't really do as well as as anyone really wanted them mm-hmm. to or, or they wanted to. But I think now he's, he's, he's an established character by himself through these movies that he could have more screen time and he could have more time. Even probably his own movie now. So it, 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 it's bad that you... you I, I have always had this opinion about The Incredible Hulk is that I don't think that character supports its own solo movie. I think it works best here mm. in a team up because you've got elements where he can shine and elements where you can focus on certain aspects of it. The problem I have with it is that I don't know what you can do with that character that you can't do better in shorter bursts. Mm-hmm. I think it over a longer period of time it needs to be a much slower burn of a movie. And no one's going to want to see that in a superhero movie. Yeah, so true. you're going to lose a load of audience. Because I've, I've always thought this from that first Eric Banner version right through to now. 
it feels like the only times they've they've been able to actually get right that character is in five minute scenes where you can see both sides of it or you can see a five minute scene where he's the Hulk and five minutes where he's Banner but I don't think for 90 to to 120 minutes that that character would sustain a, a movie because no one's I would but no one else would want to watch a movie where for 90% of the movie he's struggling with his inner demons but he isn't actually green <laughs> My issue is those other Hulk films feel so early 2000s comic book movies. Mm -hmm. Even the one made in 2008 feels like a movie from 2004. Mm. And my issue with it is just, I don't think you can actually get away with having that character be the sole focus of a a property. I think it works in the comic books because you're condensing it. If you're trying to draw it out to a two hour long movie... I don't think it's going to work in the way the audiences would want it to work. Or at least you're not going to get the balance the way the audience wants it unless the audience is me and you don't want to see Carnage until the last minute of a movie and you don't <laughs> want to see Incredible Hulk until the last minute of a movie. Yeah, that, wanna, For me, that's, that's where I stand. So I, I take your point in that you don't see any of him really in this no. being the Hulk, but you do see this weird sort of hybrid version that... I think sort of works, but sort of doesn't. Sometimes for me. it's played too much for comedy for me. Like mm. it seems too much, kind of like a "Hey, I'm really cool." Although Hulk does dab in this film, mm. and everyone needs to remember Hulk dabs. Yeah, I mean, this movie doesn't do everything he says, right. He uh, says the word "dab" as well as he does it. Yeah, <laughs> which is how all the cool kids do it. They all say Although, "dab." That is part. Of what, I love that moment where it's like, um, it's like, "Oh, Hulk, can we have a picture?" And then Ant-Man's like, "Do you want a picture of Ant Man?" And they're like, no, and he's like, that kid is literally saying no. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I agree with you. Okay, cool. So only time someone's going to agree with me in this podcast, so I've got to fucking bank that. I was quite surprised he didn't die, actually, to be honest with you. I genuinely believe that Hulk would be the one to defeat Thanos, but that he'd die doing so. Mm. Because, like, my issue with the Hulk as a solo property is, is that he's unkillable. And like any character that is effectively unkillable, there is never any risk in what There's they're no doing. Jeopardy. There's only the jeopardy for the surrounding characters, in which case I have to really care about the surrounding characters. So if you were going to do a Hulk solo film, it's not going to be about him. It's going to be about the people the around Bayless. him. Because they're the only ones that you can lose. Yeah. yeah um, however, the Infinity Stones present you the potentially like the one opportunity you can... To kill him. To destroy the Hulk. Yeah. And I really felt like this was going to be the time... Because we've seen it badly damaged as well, don't yeah. we? So it was like, oh, if they get used... Later on, then maybe I presume, if not like an out-and-out death, or perhaps some way of like the Infinity Stones getting him stuck in some form of like time circle, or you know, some nonsense that you could defeat the Hulk. Like it fires a cellophane S at him, particularly being it's in Infinity War. But Thanos does just beat the shit out of it. Yes, do you know what I mean, I, I really thought that's where that was going. Yeah, but I do like that idea that the reason he's got to this point is because he got beat as the Hulk mm. and beat as Banner. And it's like, oh, well, actually, now I'm just the best of both worlds, where I'm just a bit of everything. Um, but yes, yeah, so he's... Does what... he change his name to Hannah? Hulk <laughs> and Banner? No. Bulk. Bulk. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I wish I could boo you. <laughs> Brave. You can. Oh, Brave. Boo. Brave. Um... Rave. <laughs> a rave of booze. 
So yeah, Hulk gets on board and then Tony Stark comes. Like, There's all this kind of like them working out time travel. Tony Stark comes, says, oh no, I've worked it out, guys. It's cool. Here's your shield back, Cap. Which obviously is great to see Cap with that, that shield again. Um, and then basically they decide that they're going to test it out. And, oh no, that's when he's like, oh, we're going to get the team back together, isn't it? And then we get, so we get um, Black Widow go to find Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would see a Ronin film, like just from that clip alone. Yeah, but this is, this is kind of right. So you're right, and 100%, like the thing I wanted more from this film after it finished than anything was a Hawkeye standalone film, which I know is in talks about, of, but of just... I don't know what that actual film is going to be. Most people are presuming it's going to be him handing the baton to his daughter. Yeah, it's him training up. Yeah, um, but I don't want that. I want the five years between him losing his family to this. I'm just learning what he did. And the interesting part of that is when they go around and do this whole let's collect the team up, mm. I hated it because mm. it's a totally unnecessary period of the film. Like, I don't need to see him going and literally, you've told me what he's doing. That's enough. And if you're only going to show me one tiny snip of it and then we're going to forget about it, it's not worth doing. And if you're going to do a film of it, then it's fine. But I do like There's that. There's no need for The moment I like in that is the, when you see the, his justification for doing it. And this is why I wanted more of it. Because I love his justification. The guy's like, um, oh, why are you doing this? He's like, half the world got Thanos, you get me. You know, you're, you've come, you've, you're spared and you still go around committing crime. You still go around killing people. That's where I turn up and I, I kill you, basically. Yeah, it's a great I, I love, I love that. Need the fight scene, but I wish, but that's when I was watching it, just like, God, I wish I had more of this. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Wish, I wish I had something more because I really like that. And it seemed aesthetically different to the rest of the film as well. Like, it was shot almost kind of like, it reminded kind of like John Wicky um, in the sense that it was... Neon. Yeah, like the neons are kind of like dark and grim and like it's raining because it's always raining in John Wick. Um... And like, John, with, John Wick, with John Wick there, was he just one? Yeah. yeah. Well, what we find out is that unfortunately, um, he Hawkeye kills John Wick's dog, and unfortunately, <laughs> then it's a fight between him and John Wick, and who wins? John Wick wins. Of course, John Wick wins. <laughs> no questions. Um, but yeah, I really wish I'd seen time. more of that. And obviously, then we get um, our first appearance of four. Mm. Does anyone want to talk about four? It was it was funny to start off with, and I genuinely thought that throughout the film he would do some magic lightning bolt to trim up. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we didn't get that, and we got a Thor parody of himself the entire way through, which, again, was funny at times, but when it's all you're riding on as a character, until literally the last battle where you then start to contribute, and not really that well, probably due to the belly, mm-hmm. but... It, it just seemed like he he was just turned into a parody of himself and it took away from the awesomeness of the character. And I know that they needed to take the character out again like they did in the last one, but I feel like it was just a, a silly way of doing it and, and cheapening the character a little bit. He did have one nice scene with his, his mother. Yeah, I really like that scene. Um, but everything else just seemed like he was just a joke, really. The nice thing is he made my body type seem acceptable. <laughs> you can now say you have the body of I have, I have the body of a god. <laughs> but can you braid your beard? No. With lightning? <laughs> I've tried. Um, yeah, no, I completely... I, I agree that in both, both times when seeing it, I think there are times when it is absolutely hammered of just being like oh look he's he's asleep in the corner of a room and stuff and you're like 
okay, come on, let me... Like, I understand that Chris Hemsworth could do comedy, but at times there's... Yeah, it's not and, to mean that it's not funny. There no. are times where it's actually really funny, but it's just too much. And there's moments it works, you know, like, there's moments where he kind of turns it on, where you see that he's terrified. Like, um, Hawk says, oh, you know, we've got to go get Thanos, and he's like, don't say that name. And, like, it, you almost see it, that kind of trigger in him of just... And there's moments in there that I like. You know, I like seeing Korg. Um, and I love the fact that, that he's playing great. Fortnite. Yeah, like, that was great. <laughs> Uh, is you know that, that will effectively date this film quicker than the graphics slide. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. but you know, like I do agree where I don't think I really like that character again in this film, and I understand a lot of people do like that character and where he's gone to. Like a lot of people really love Ragnarok. A lot of people liked his storyline in Infinity War. A lot of people will love him in this, but unfortunately, those three appearances just didn't really do much for me. I agree Uh, yeah funny for a couple of minutes and then it wears thin after that I can accept that that's what they're wanting to do with this character now Um, but at the same time you know I I think the movie the movie does feel very uneven in terms of its tone not always in a beneficial way Um, and I think one of the main proponents of the comedy tends to be that sort of schlubby Thor line. And while that initial scene in the hut in Scotland or wherever it is, mm. I think it is, it all feels, oh, okay, this makes sense. And this is a easy way to write him out of it. And this is him at home, essentially. That's kind of interesting. And then every other appearance after that, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I got Before. it. I got it an hour and a half ago. It's the, it's the same. It's the same thing like that like you said. I'm pretty sure you said earlier on. If you're gonna have, I don't know if you did say, or maybe I just imagine you saying it. You can give me credit for shit I've not done. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're gonna have someone as 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 strong as Thor in this movie, but then use him to take him out, then take him out of the movie yeah. just because he is too strong. Why have him in the movie as much as he is in it? Because he is a prominent character in this movie, mm-hmm. but. If you're going to just not demasculate him, but but dull down his powers enough to take him out of out of it completely, why why have him included if all he's going to do is be the butt of his own joke? Yeah, yeah. I do feel like I, I liked the Fat Four stuff to a degree, but I agree with you that it went on for well too long. Mm. But I really feel like, and you're right with the tonal shift. Actually, in fact, I think you hit the nail on the head straight away, which is by saying that this film is in three thirds, and that is very much correct because. I think the way that they should have gone with Thor is to start off with this kind of comic element that you've gone for Mm. and then slowly for the rest of the film reveal more of why... We know why it is, but... Because he does kind of touch on the idea of he felt useless Mm. and he decapitated Thanos but felt nothing. Yeah. And it's that feeling that's dragged him this way. But they don't really play on that very much. They just kind of go back to him being a joke all the time. And if they kind of went down that darker avenue with him and brought that out more, he would have been a far more interesting character, particularly because then in the final fight, he can go nuts mm. rather than be hindered. So you can, you know, nullify his powers to the point when you need them mm-hmm. and then release them. And that would work well. The problem is, as you said, this is a film in three thirds and the first third is the dark third and we don't see him in that particular yeah. mm. So in the second third, which is now kind of the comedy heist film that they've got time heist it doesn't yeah the time heist it doesn't suit having this 
sad brooding character anymore so they yeah. just go to jokes it's like you say is, is a pity there, really, like, there is some really good stuff in there but generally his mm. best comedy in this film for me came right toward the end when it's all said and done and he can be more of a light hearted character again yeah and I, I think you're right that the stuff with his mom in Asgard is really great mm. like that conversation they have but even yes. even then, like her final words to him is "eat a salad." Mm. Like that's yeah. that's you know that, that's a joke out of the nineties. Why why are we fat shaming Thor? Do you know what I mean like his own mom is fat shaming Thor? Like yeah. that's not Hold funny. Like, my just... my mom has told me to eat many a salad. Yeah, sure, and it's but you know we're on screen with body shaming. I just I don't know. I just felt like that was a really weird line to use in that moment. Mm. It's, it's like again, it's, it's it comes back to the, the fact that Thor's just being the butt of his own joke or mm. always. You could have ended that scene. Perfectly without without the inclusion of that line. Yeah. And yes, it could be a throwaway line, but you didn't need that line because the scene was nice enough in itself. Yeah, and the stuff that she's say they're saying that conversation they're having there is really. And I like the fact that he's trying to warn her of her impediment. She's like, I don't want to know what happens in my future because that's my future. That's supposed to happen. And him being like, and him talking about how he feels he's a failure. That's all really nice. And I think yeah, unfortunately, it is undercut at the end there. And I think. For me, so this is the section we're going into now, so um, the whole time heist stuff, for me, has a few good moments in there, but it is probably the weak section of the film for me. Yeah. I think it's nice. I think it's now great for nostalgia. Like There's some really nice nostalgia moments in there, but actually, I much prefer that opening, and I love the ending. Like So for me, it's definitely the weakest of the three, because um, I do think this is probably where, for me, the film does drag. Nostalgia was real in in this moment. Like I think when when it popped up and we were at the start of Guardians mm. and you got the song going on and stuff like that, it was it was nice. It was a nice trip down memory lane. But the problem is that it's, they're not that long ago. And Robert Redford turns it's up not, and you're like, oh, they got everyone. It's not really that long ago. And yeah, it does almost kind of do it to death. I, I, I like some of the set pieces in the the time heist thing, like Cap mm. on Cap. I actually quite yeah. enjoyed with mm. his. America, the ass of America. No, I like that, <laughs> and it also gave us a, an interesting, an interesting plot point that most people will completely miss, which is the fact that now Loki is with the Tesseract somewhere in space, in time. Ah, now, no, not technically, because they went, so they've already gone back in time to that point, and then from there they go back again and they remove it, don't they? So that first but bit they no longer happened, but they put it back. They put yeah, it, but it still no longer happened. They never really went back to that point yeah. because they corrected it. So it's been corrected. So the events of the film played out as they did in the Avengers. Yeah. So that no longer Not happened. necessarily, because all they've done is they've removed... No, because right, then this Thanos, is where time travel gets confusing. Because then Thanos went ahead in time, therefore negating the fact that he was ever back in the first first part of the Avengers anyway so if he wasn't in the first, if he wasn't there for Infinity War because that never happened because he jumped ahead of it he can't kill Loki yeah but still that's all, that still already happened so it doesn't matter because it's, it's not jumping right. through time it's so just coming to the idea of time travel in this film is your present day becomes your past so whatever happens still happens yeah. and no matter where you move in time everything behind you is still your past so all that has to happen to get you to a point where you can time travel mm-hmm. so with this, they do go in the past and collect the Tesseract, but that Tesseract then gets put back in the same place, and that Tesseract was then stolen to be used later on by Thanos. Yeah. Um, to which then, when that's stolen by Loki, that's still stolen from time, and that needs to be put back at some point in that time frame, 
and this is what's happened. So Loki's series for Disney Plus, from what I understand, is Loki go, jumping through time or jumping through space. And this is probably how they're going to do it. He's now got the Tesseract. Yeah. Because um, it's almost like, like like time is used in a different kind of literal like multiverse mm, in, in this. It, yeah. it seems like it's not used in a linear that's sense. The, that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, more, sure. it's more case of different timelines isn't it yeah it's not it's not a linear from here to here we went there and now we've gone back here it's, it's literally alternate realities depending yeah, on what you've the done the thing there is though if you're, if you're going down the alternate realities theory of this and that's how they're using this right which is fine as an explanation however it also means that Captain America can't come back at the end because mm. he should be in an alternate yes. universe yeah Agreed. So no, yeah. So either this, one is wrong or the other. Is this wrong. is what I mean. Like I they, they, I totally you can't have your yeah. cake and eat it too. Yeah, yeah. And in this case, they've eaten every cake they can. Yeah, <laughs> they're Disney. It's the Disney Corporation. They the can thing do thing what is, they want. They control the, the weather. I'm this sure. This is the thing: is the idea of that Loki series is just so baffling. Like I can't understand why anyone would want it. He's a fan favorite. Like people absolutely love Loki. So if they can get Tom Hiddleston to agree to do more Loki, they're gonna fucking do it. But to me. The idea of that as a series, it sounds terrible. So I love Tom Hiddleston as a performer. Right. I think he's great. But at the same time, I can't think of a series I would like to watch less than that. WandaVision and I, is coming out. That's, yeah, WandaVision. That's going to be a sitcom about them together, right? Yeah. Perfect. I'd happen, um, no, I'd happily watch something that's way out of the But no, the, the thing is, right, think, about, think about it from a Disney point of view. Mm. They've created their own streaming service that they need people to sign on to. Firstly, they've got all the MCU movies on there, so people are going to sign up for that. You know, if they're going to want to see Endgame, you sign up to Disney+. Plus. But the other thing is, you make things about beloved characters. So, Star Wars fans, they're making a Mandalorian TV series because people fucking love Mandalorians. Loki is a huge fan favourite. They're going to make a series about him if they can get him on board. Just to pick you up, because I know one of our fans will. They love Mandalorian armour. Yeah, because Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian or Correct. something like that. He's, he's a New Zealand man. Well. <laughs> he's a New Zealand man. Let's it's, leave that there, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Didn't even say Kiwi. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so let's talk quickly maybe through these, these ones then. So you've got the um, 2012... Attack on New York, which is great to see from a different perspective. Yeah, but you didn't get to see much of it, though, did you? you all you saw was... Do you need to? Hulk. You've mm-hmm. seen it. No, you've you've seen no it. you don't need to, but... It, but I, I'm just, just pointing out you say <laughs> from a different perspective. No, no, I, what, I mean, what I mean is like, so, for example, when they're in the thing and you see the Avengers all posing around and, you know, Luke's like, oh, we've got to take that drink and they all just stood there and it's like, okay, we can all pose later and, you know, kind of like, it is that kind of... You see it kind of behind the scenes. You yeah. see that... Rumlow and Sitwell are there um, who are there basically the ones to pick up the Scepter and you're like so that's how the Scepter ended up with um, yeah, the Baron they, they, in, they, in they literally through everyone in yeah. this film anyone I, you can think of that's been in a, in a Marvel film they literally threw I got for really vision. excited <laughs> for vision. I got really excited when um, Cap gets into the lift with I'm them Peter all Dinklage. and I was there like Oh, I remember one of my favourite scenes from Winter Soldier and then I was glad that they didn't do it. Like yeah, I was there really excited because I was like, oh my God, there's going to be a love and lift fight and then when he turned around he's like, Hail Hydra. I was like, no, that actually shows growth in character. And it's a comic book moment. Like, it show, yeah, it's, it's a genuine, genuine, comic, it's a genuine book comic book moment as well. Which yeah. is really good. Um, I think I've managed to get two in one. Double whammy. I'm shocked about knowing that but I'm so happy. I swear to someone about it today. I'm so Did more, my research. more bang for your book. <laughs> getting Barrett on and he knows the comics. But we all knew that anyway. Yeah, um, reigning champion. 
But you know, only because you're a coward and won't defend your title. Of course, I would lose. <laughs> but you know, um, so yeah, there's, there's some. Really I lost nice out on a fucking question <laughs> about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Well, brush up, bitch. <laughs> All I know is Domino's Pizza and Secret of the Ooze. What's well, amazing because this happened like four years ago, and it's still. It's, it's still why I've not been back since. Yeah, it's the reason we kicked him off the podcast. I feel like that piece could of be, shit. I feel like that could be your autobiography name. Well, brush up, bitch. <laughs> well, brush up, bitch. So, oh, yeah, right. for me, there's the stuff like like the cat fights is great. Um, I like the. Um, why doesn't Hulk become Banner again? If he can control when he becomes Hulk, can he control when he becomes Banner? When they make him take the no, stairs? No, I think this is. Could he not just get in the lift, like become Banner is, and get in the lift? It's just one one easy way of being able to knock the Tesseract out of yeah. of, of Tony Stark's and hands. And to have a comedy moment. The comedy moment, but I think it's also another another moment to be able to see Hulk the that Hulk Hulk yeah, because yeah. there's a lack of Hulk elsewhere. So if you can get in there where you know he is Hulk Hulk. Then okay, there's enough Hulk Hulk. I hated that moment. What stirs? Stirs. Maybe take stirs. It's a bad joke. It's used a lot because they keep quite about him going down the stairs, and he can jump out the window. Oh, down the stairwell! Yeah, or down the stairwell. Straight. If you've seen the original Avengers, which I'm guessing most people have seen, you can see him jumping. Multiple stories, and when we're talking multiple, we're probably talking hundreds of stories up to two. It's not good on the knees, though, is it? <laughs> well, that would have been a better joke. I think, you could, I think, I think it's a Deadpool one, joke. I think he could take one superhero to land in, though, really, couldn't he? Could he? Yeah. He has just no. been in a big fight. Mm. Tired. Yeah. Tired little Hulk. Tired little Hulk. Poor Hulk. Poor Hulk. Brave of him. But, you know, then we get the staff, and obviously it does that thing where it goes, oh, no, it wasn't. Everything didn't go to plan. Everything's gone wrong. And now Tony and Steve must risk it going back even further. So um, I kind of like the fact that they did make an effort to make one go wrong. Because yeah. it would have been well too confused. I mean, it should. it's a weird thing, because doing a time heist in the way they're trying to do it, it should all go right, because you've got the benefit of knowing what happens when. But mm. you, they are, of course, basing this all off knowledge from some occasions. If they're five years on from, I guess, where we are, like 10, 12, however long, many years in the past. So you are basing it off really out-of-date knowledge, I guess. But it's nice that they made one go wrong because it would have been a really like. Well, I think all of them go slightly wrong. Yeah, but to an extent. Yeah, but yeah, not but to they, the same they, extent. They come back fairly unscathed. I mean, yeah, one of the things that goes wrong is Fat Thor makes a joke of himself and runs away. This is true. A raccoon is entirely responsible for this. I need to go find some wine to fill my fat belly and then get told I need to Fat Thor could have stayed at home and made exactly the same level of impact. Yeah. Although it means he gets his hammer, so... Yeah, there is that. That's, which, that's the main Which is there. pivotal, I guess. It is. And to be fair, is actually the good... I just remembered, because I was going to say this at the end of when we talked about that. But that is the good joke at the end of that. So, cause at the still end, she, worthy. Yeah, at the end, she makes a joke about the whole salad thing. And then he goes, hang on. And there's their little moment, and she goes, don't worry, sometimes it takes a while. That's the good joke. That's yeah. fine, you can do that. But I was too busy sighing at the last one to get but it. I also like the fact that he's like, I'm still worthy, because I think yeah. in his head he isn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's so actually it's, a nice moment. So it's nice. Um, what else have we got? So we then have the Peter Quill one, which is, once again, I like I like seeing that from like so a different uh, yes. perspective, because you don't hear the song, you hear him, yeah. and it's just, it's a nice little... Nice yeah. little That's the best comedy. one. Yeah. Um, and it's really simple because they just yeah. hit him in the face and steal it. Yeah. There's no like dicking yeah. about with this one. Just... And obviously, we'll come on to the fact what Thanos is doing at this time in a minute. Um, 
The other one is... Ben... There's, there's two. There's the Doctor Strange... Well, not Doctor Strange, sorry, whatever. Tilda Swinton. Bruce, yes, so she's yeah. vegan. Yeah. Which... Which I like because it kind of explains how the universe works and also explains how really... But then they ignore all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They explain it and then obviously they have their cake and eat it too. Yes. So but it, it's it kind explains of like, it but it doesn't. Well, a lot of this is kind of just like, oh yeah, you believe what you want to believe. Like You have to take everything with a pinch of salt because it's time travel. And like I said, there are no rules for time travel. No, there are, but you're supposed to make one and stick with it. Yes. Yeah. That's so you, the, can't that's, have, you can't have multiple versions of the same theory. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? If yeah. like, like in the same way that Looper got loads of stick when it came out because it doesn't hold up as a scientific theory, and it doesn't. It does, however, stick, stick to, to its, its own, own rule, theory. which is fair mm-hmm. enough. So long as you do that, you're fine. I had issues with this film because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It jumps between its theories and doesn't explain itself in a And it's always the risk with time travel. Like, yeah, as soon yeah. as you put time travel in a film, you're always going to... Any any film or any TV show that has an element of time travel will always pique my interest because I really quite enjoy time travel. But the problem is with time travel, so there's so many different theories. It's so so different. you're the guy who so streams to get Flash right. Forward Absolutely. every day. <laughs> Everyone me. remembers that one series. <laughs> but it's so, it is so difficult to get right because, like you say, unless you're willing to commit to that one theory... You can't, like you say, have your cake and eat it too because it, it's so easy to be able to say, well, we can do it that way or we can do it that way. But then yeah. you're messing with your own your own law, really. Yeah. It's not. It, it does take you out of it a bit because you then start to... But whether or not it's you should... Whether or not you should, but it, it takes you out of it enough to go, hang on, but that wouldn't work. You start then question it and you focus more on questioning how they got mm-hmm. there than focusing on with what's this, happening now. With this, yeah. though, I didn't, right. I didn't actually ask those questions until like, after the film. Like, no, 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 I wasn't, no, nor did I. Nor did I. <laughs> I thought you were. You, when, you, love a good time, you love a good time, John. So I didn't understand know. how he could be there at the end. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah. it. I was like, I just this doesn't it. make sense. To be, to be fair, the point where I was struggling with it is actually on this time heist part because Tilda Swinton's character explains this deviation and I was like but you've already explained that not to be the case because you've explained that everything acts linearly as in you go back and it carries on from where you've gone from at which point there can't be time congenitals so what's happening there hmm. and as soon as she said that I was lost for quite a while but I, <laughs> I was really struggling because in my head I was like but but which way are we going? You've literally mm. quoted films that did that as being nonsense and now you're doing it. I don't get it. I'm baffled. Maybe it was deliberate. <laughs> just they're to just irritate like, me. They're just, like, they're just like, no one knows how it works. They'll fuck with this one guy. Maybe they put them all in there so that eventually, like, in the future, they can just do something and go, yeah, time travel, by the way, we never really knew how it worked. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is how it this works now. This could be a segment in your autobiography. So <laughs> <rubbish>. those... <laughs> time travel. Brush up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other place they that we go to on this is so Hawkeye and Black Widow go to see Red School. Yeah, um, yes, they do. Now, we I think we as an audience knew someone's got to die here. Yeah. Like the only way you can get the Soul Stone is for somebody to die. It was interesting for us to know that this time, though, yeah. and they didn't. So it's, it was nice to get for them to kind of work it out for themselves. Whereas mm-hmm. obviously we had to walk through that in Infinity War and then. <laughs> Was anyone else convinced that Hawkeye was just going to stab her straight up and be like, I will do anything to get my family I back? I thought he was going to kill her. I yeah. was before the ultimate game of Lemmings had occurred. Yeah. <laughs> but just this quick sidebar, because I'm interested to know what you think on it. But um, does Nebula know? Well, she because... says she says he goes there and he comes back without my sister. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she says that to everyone. Yeah, yeah. she does. And then doing... she makes a passing comment as they leave. So when they go back in time, 
to explain to anyone who hasn't seen it and if for some reason I'm listening to this podcast. But they, so they go back to this time house to the Guardians of the Galaxy one and mm. then they separate from War Machine and Nebula, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye do, and they fly off to... Vormir. Yeah, thank you. Um, but as they fly off, Nebula says, now they've just got to stay together. Hmm. Like, she knows something's happening there. And she makes another comment later to Gamora to say, do you know what happens to you? She knows, I think she, man. Yeah. I think she knows. And she's just like, I'm not going to tell you. That but I think, she, yeah, yeah, I think she, she also knows the importance of yeah, getting yeah, stones. They know that going in. I know, I just really like the idea yeah. that she does. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, 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 I agree. She, she also knows that, and something that she neglected to tell anyone until the moment she was in it, that she is currently looking for the stones in that time period as well. So yeah, she yeah. knows that she herself is a threat, but decided not to tell anyone mm-hmm. until they were in the moment where it's too late to go back now anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I think that she has she's committed to the cause of beating Thanos, but I don't think that she's fully rid of her devious yeah, yeah. ways. Yeah. Which yeah. is quite no, nice think, because it shows yeah. that there is growth of a character there, that she's not fully got rid of Yeah. No, you make a really good point. I hadn't even thought about it, um, but yeah. I just wondered why, because because she doesn't. Because the other thing is, is that um, we don't actually get to see how they divide themselves up into the teams that they're in to do their time heists, mm-hmm. right? Because there's what three teams that go back to various I think it's points. Supposed to be people who have been in those certain situations would go back. So Tony and Steve. Well, where and War Machines obviously in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, well, I was about to say that's true, but where possible because Hawkeye and Black Widow don't. Uh, they go back yeah. to a point where they've never <laughs> been before. Um, but it's interesting is that the, the, the law of been that... in space before. Yeah. <laughs> so you saying that it's almost as though Nebula's gone. Well, it needs to be two people who care a lot about each other. Exactly my point. We don't see how those teams are made, but it had to be this way because can you think of another pairing whereby? the sacrifice of one to the other would mean enough to earn the stone. And you're supposed Nebula to... really bonded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're supposed to love the person, aren't you? It has to be like a genuine sacrifice. Yeah, the only it can't just be a, a be minion. Rocket and Groot and Groot's already out. No, Groot's well, not. Like, I, yeah. I, maybe Iron Man and Cap. I think it's a brotherhood. Yeah, maybe. But... I think, like, watching this the second time, like, that scene was a lot more... Like, I didn't really feel much the first time. I was like, I'm sad that it's just Because gone. it's kind of comical because they're lemmings. But the second time, bu- building up to it as well... I felt a lot more like I because I especially I knew what was going to happen and it was only then that it really hit me because I was I was there like oh which one of them is actually going to like because I understand why he wants to you know be the one that goes and I understand why she wants to but then I realized from a, um, a filmmaking point of view there's only one of them that can go yeah, yeah. it can only be Natasha yeah. because of her links with so many different people like I think I think I'll speak to you about mm-hmm. this like she's had a film with Captain America she's had a relation with Bruce Banner. She obviously is best friends with uh, Hawkeye. Like she has such close connections with anyone in this film. Yeah, exactly. Like she she came in Iron Man two, like and had that. And because of that, they if Hawkeye died, they'd be like, oh no, Hawkeye's dead. That's sad. He was a friend of ours. But nobody was that closely intertwined with so many characters. And I suppose that's credit to the way they've built this kind of interweaving universe. You can have one person go that would affect. Them all, and it is a shame that they don't let that moment breathe. Yeah, like there's there's a little bit afterwards when they all get back and they're like, "Oh no, Natasha is gone," but they never let it breathe that much. Which yeah, is a shame. considering the time they spend, the and end. how important she is to that to that universe. Like, yeah, yeah, she's so important. They they have that moment around the pier and it ends with Hulk throwing a bench, but that's really it. Oh, there's your Hulk moment. I found it. Yeah, it's gonna make the Black Widow film a bit shit, though, isn't it? Yeah, just just her. Lying 
Um, the end. <laughs> there is one other. Um, Two parts of the reason I was laughing. And then put it there. There is one other place they go to as well, which is back to the arm where you get the best Stanley cameo ever. Is that what uh, you want to be right. saying? First of all, I'm just going to jump in on the Black Widow. Okay. Thing. I was just waiting for you to finish eulogising. Uh, <laughs> it's a great word, isn't it? I think the problem for me with this scene, I've got major problems with all of this time hoppy stuff but I understand why it's there it's fan service and it's nice little greatest hits packages Mm -hmm. my issue is that uh, Black Widow I was going to call her Scarlet Widow but that's a different thing Um, Black Widow is for me the most underserved character in the Avengers only because Heimdall never made it to the Avengers (laughs) true yeah (laughs) justice for Heimdall justice for Heimdall Um, so my issue is is that I never felt like they gave her the screen time and the development that she could have deserved from her character Mm -hmm. and you get cursory glances at it in every single appearance that she makes but at no point do they ever develop it properly and my issue is that as a result yeah, she's got all these attachments to these other franchises because she's appeared in one or two of those films within those franchises. But I've never felt that she's a fully rounded character. I think they've written her terribly throughout the films. And I think this was a really poor way to send off someone who you've mistreated for so long and not made into a three-dimensional character. You've got one slight slight problem there mm. which is that the other option is Hawkeye which is probably the other person that has been underserved the most but this is the thing is that I never time. believed in their friendship because it Do it know? doesn't get more than 10 minutes well, in sure, the but film. that's not the point that you're making well, no, no but that's the point is that that pairing for me doesn't work as one that sacrifices itself for each oh, other right, see, because so. I don't believe that they care about each other because I've not really seen anything of that I see two minutes in a film maybe and I've yeah, never but they're not going felt... to make the the Hawkeye Natasha you know friendship hour, are they? Well, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying spend more time developing your peripheral characters. These other big heroes have got their own series, so you've got Captain America in his own series of films. You've got Iron Man in his own series of films. Yes, they're central to the Avengers, but if you spend the time that you've got with the Avengers in the Avengers film working on some of the characters who aren't as well developed because they get two minutes in a film. You know, she enters a boxing ring in Iron Man 2 and says, Hi, I'm Natasha. Really important And then has a bit where she fights some people in a facility in that film. If I get more of her in those team-up films... She's in quite a lot of uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. So that aside, she then gets some mild stuff to do in Civil War, but maybe... They write her out of it because of her feelings towards... She wants to remain sort of partisan. But mm-hmm. that's my issue, is that yeah, you've got that five years ago now, but then since then, I don't feel like I've got anything of this character. My issue is that character never felt like it was fully developed. I think it's been written poorly from the start. I think Joss Whedon does shoulder a lot of blame in terms of wanting to create a character that... I mean, or at least develop a character who previously appeared in 10 minutes of Iron Man 2. Because mm-hmm. that was her first appearance, wasn't it? And then she was in Avengers. And then after that, I think they're playing catch-up and trying to do it, but they've got too many balls to juggle. I don't know. I don't feel like... I didn't believe in that moment, and as a result, I didn't feel like it had any impact, particularly on me. I understand that to people like yourselves who are fans of the series, 
yeah, these moments are going to have a lot more resonance and all these greatest hits packages are going to have more resonance or at least you're going to feel like, oh, it's great to go back to New York in 2012. I couldn't care less. But I understand that that's the nature of that middle section. It's why I think the middle section is the worst section of the mm-hmm. film. And for me, doesn't come close to, even to the end battle, which I found exhausting, not to ruin anything. <laughs> but I found this more exhausting because I just went, you can cut here, you can cut here, you can cut here. And they don't. And as a result, I'm there going, right, I'm rubbing my eyes because I'm already dreading the fact that there's still going to be at least an hour and a half of this. And that's where I've, that's, that, that's the moment that I dropped off. That middle section, that that time hop jumping thing. And hey, I like the idea of time heist. Mainly because Paul Rudd says it and he's great. But yeah, Stanley's cameo, horrible, worst cameo of all time. His cameos go, it was pretty poor. Well, they screwed the pooch because the, the cameo in um, Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse is the ideal sign-off cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's... When you see it, you'll see I'll why. See it. Um, but it's the ideal one, and they've had he's had two since then. Um, this one's just—I mean, it's just like it could be anyone is the problem. It's so fleeting anyway. It shouldn't be anyone is the problem. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't exist, but it does, and they've they've made an issue for themselves there because obviously they had this filmed prior to the release of uh, Infinity War. So this is what two years old. This cameo being filmed. Mm-hmm. But they still have that one in the bank for Into the Spider-Verse. And it's a much better way to end his appearances in these films. I do want you to see Into Spider-Verse. I really want to see it. And when you see it, you'll understand what we mean. I'm not going to ruin it for you because it is a really nice moment. The Captain Marvel one I got as a sort of comedic thing. But this one I got as like, oh, okay. You've just chucked it in there and gone. Yeah, Yeah, he's in it. But it feels like, it's like, okay, so you've had that, the opening of Captain Marvel, you've not seen it either then. I'm, I'm not in any rush to see Okay, so the opening of Captain Marvel, the, the, the Marvel Studios logo thing, instead oh, yeah. of all the bits of, you know, action shots, it's all shots of Stanley's cameos and it says, okay. thank you, Stan, at the end. And it kind of feels like, okay, you've had that as an addition, and because obviously he passed away after Into the Spider-Verse came out. So you can have that as your sort of goodbye if you want. Yeah. But it feels like in terms of the cameos, you should have left it with Into yeah. the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's my it, biggest problem. This with... is going to be his last, technically his last ever cameo. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to put, you, I mean. You, 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 you're ending on literally the worst possible cameo. Even if it wasn't, like, even if he hadn't died and passed away. Yeah. It, it's a bad it's cameo a bad to have cameo in cameo to have anyway. I and he's like, he's someone who's had a lot of bad cameos in these films. I do yeah. understand what they're trying to do. In the there's the, you know, the overall feeling of this film is of of an end. Yeah, this is the purpose, isn't it? It's the end of this this saga, if you like. And I get that he's been in all of them, but this one, in a weird way, it would feel wrong for him not to make an appearance. But I do feel the better way of doing that was how they did Captain Marvel, in that it wasn't actually in the film. Mm. It is the opening credits. I, you know, they did it for Captain Marvel. Okay. Right? They, they, yeah, he does get a cameo in that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does, doesn't he? But that's, you know, the point is that's the right way of going about mm. this in and that particular moment. To be fair, if they're going to commemorate him in films going forward, they should probably just do that yeah. for all Marvel mm-hmm. films going forward. Yeah. Because then that's a way to preserve his legacy without having to feel the need to potentially now put CGI Stanley in there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. I, I, I do think that this Randomly. is now... I mean, we've got Spider-Man in, what, two months now? 
Do you know what I mean? I'll be interested to see if there's a camera. I don't think they will. I don't think I they will. I think they'll just see this as being like... Yeah. I'm sure he filmed one for... He may well have filmed one for Spider-Man. Far From Home. Yeah. But it does feel like they will end it here on the basis that, oh, it's an end point for everything. Yeah, so yeah. we can just... Yeah. We, we don't need on. to put one in. And it kind of ties it up nicely for yeah. them going, whoa, when's the last one going to be... Well, it's going to be here. Yeah. yeah. It's just a shame they completely... It's, yeah. a, it's a shame it's this one. It's just that that Into the Spider-Verse one is perfect. perfect. It is. Um, so, talking about this iron base then. So, um, Tony Stark gets the Tesseract. Captain America gets the pin particles so he can go back. Um, Tony meets his dad. Really, really good. Really like that moment as well. I hated all of it. Did you? Yeah. The it, whole thing's totally unnecessary. This film is three hours long and a film shouldn't be three hours long in the first place. So you've got to start looking at places of this that you can get rid of. And in these time hop things... And to be fair, in the battle later, one of the worst things about it is the convenient meetups that always happen. <laughs> They've always happened in these films, but normally it's one, so it's fine. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this film has like ten of them in the battle, and, and this is another yeah. one in, it's, in the space of an hour. I mean, think of that that one time jump alone. You have Cap and Iron Man. I appreciate Cap says nothing, but he gets to see his you know girl. I can't remember what her name is. Peggy. Peggy. Thank you. Um, and and I went just to see his dad. It's just so to, weird. Just to interject here, I do agree with you, by the way. But uh, I love how during the impassioned bits of Barrett's speech, um, the audience have definitely got him banging the table. <laughs> it's That's important. All I've been hearing in my ears because I have to monitor this <laughs> is just and they're like, "Oh, Barrett's got a point here." Yeah. I'm as angry as Hulk was when Natasha died. Um, but Not yeah, I agree with you in that I didn't like this because of the fact that. It does feel awfully convenient to have all these bits. And for me, I'm kind of like, I know that he cares about Peggy because you've hammered it home in three different I, uh, Captain America films. Mm-hmm. And I know that he cares about his dad and what his dad thinks of him and, you know, living, yeah, but I don't think trying to be a better man. This side of his dad. And I think that was nice for Tony, considering the end of, of this film and how it goes. And I think mm. they've been building that from the start of this film. It's nice for for him to get to see that side of his dad. Sure, it's well, nice, I, yeah, but it's, it's also it's, nice to leave no, the cinema it's, before It's not just nice, but it, it, I suppose it's a it, it gives more. Yeah. It gives more weight to to the end of Tony Stark. Really, it's one of those it? moments, uh, this film does a few of them, where it pays off a moment set up in a previous film. So we have Iron Man... Is it Iron Man Two or Civil War, where he's he's got the virtual reality stuff, Civil and it shows it shows the last time he ever saw his parents, and he has this thing where he never said goodbye to his parents properly, and it's always been a big regret of his that mm. he had the chance to say goodbye on the night they died, and he never did, and he never got to say to his father thank you or I love you, and he's now face to face with his dad. And he's there and he's having to pretend to be this other person. He can't literally say, I'm your son from the future. So he's having this moment where he's holding back. And you see at the end when he hugs him and he's like, thank you. And he's like, for everything you've done to this, for this country. Because he knows that he can't. He has to release at some point. And it's kind of a catharsism for him to say thank you to his dad. And I, I really like that as a moment. Like It's a moment that I, I'm, I'm I happy it. to see. Like, I think it really worked for me. Because it is one of those moments that pays off something that is set off set up movies ago that this is a problem that Tony has had to deal with and actually he's given the perfect and I, I agree with you in a sense that yes it is very convenient it's 
That, well, that ruins it though, doesn't it? Because I mean, okay, put it like this: in the so, in so you, you hated how many conveniences there were in terms of him getting his name and getting his weapons and getting his clothes. I didn't yeah, think that was, that's different. I didn't think that was convenient. It? I just think that was shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's the same thing. And in fact, it happens more in this film, just to different characters. For me, this bit did feel contrived. That that bear. And I suppose if you're saying, you know, you want to have that payoff of that thing that was set up three years ago now, then at this point, it's three hours long already. You show him going back to the house to see his mum as well at this point. He's yeah. got the pin particles to do it. He can go and do whatever he wants at this point. It, it feels like yeah. if you're going to say goodbye to one, you may as well say goodbye to the other or say that she turned up, she's in the car or something. And then you go, oh, hey there, Mrs. Stark. Thanks for everything you've done for this country as well. You know, marrying this fucking weapons lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, yeah. for, for me, it kind of feels like if you're going to do, again, it's a film of eating cakes and, you know, it feels like this cake was eaten too much. Eaten mess. Plus, Thor literally does the same thing with his own mom. I appreciate it's asking more about his mm. own current failures, but it's exactly the same moment. It, it's an almost identical moment. He goes back to the point just before his mom's death and has the last chance to talk to her. Like, I just think that they do it too much in this film. And if this was an Iron Man film around him, then sure, it would be lovely. But it isn't. And if this was the Thor film around him, then he can have that moment and it would be lovely, I guess. But if you keep doing these, they lose meaning. And at which point, particularly with what happened with Cap at the end in terms of what he does, hmm. it just ends up becoming really annoying because you're just seeing the same thing multiple times with loads of conveniences, particularly in the fight scene, which we'll get to. Because it's full of I, Are we near the fight scene? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I've just seen the time. It's pretty much the next thing. So How long? long enough Um, basically they come back long enough that people might switch off they come back they realise Natasha's dead um, and oh man we're just breezing past things now no no, we've already spoken about her dead and the bit on the dock yeah okay Um, we kind of went back to that we haven't at all spoken about Thanos realising that they're Thanos realises they're there um, because Nebula's got shit broadband yes that is the problem literally she's running out of uh memory space on her insertable Look, stick I love Thanos in his armour though like terrible they, the thing is they, they built up like last time they built up the fact that um, Thanos doesn't need his armour they're like oh when he's got the Infinity Gauntlet he doesn't need his armour and this one they went no but he actually does look pretty pimping when he's got his armour like his double bladed sword um, drip him with blood yeah. he walks in um, but yeah basically they hatch a plan they kidnap Nebula Nebula then brings Thanos into this timeline like they bring or or into this linear timeline, however that is. Let's call it universe. Thanos is here. <laughs> Thanos is arrived. Um, but I really like that moment. So you get Hulk. They get the Infinity Stones. They put them on that really cool looking Stark glove. Um, that was pretty cool. And Hulk clicks because he's like, "I'm the only one who can do it." Because I love the fact that Thor's like, "Let me do this. Let me do one good thing." And it's like, as soon as he says, "You're like, no, don't give it to Thor. Please don't give it to Thor." Because what is it? He like clicks finger and a load of like cask ales just appear. It's like, oh no, he's done it again. <laughs> Um, but you know Hulk being there going like this won't kill me like I've got faith it won't kill me clicks and then he's like oh actually everything seems like it's fine but you know as an audience it's not because I just saw a ship fire out that fucking time machine <laughs> like um, so then you get the the whole kind of the phone rings it's Hawkeye's wife we know everyone's back and man's looking out of a window and then you get the moment that literally <laughs> literally stopped me breathing for a good minute or so <laughs> when literally a missile flies from the window and you think Ant-Man is dead it, it literally lands straight in his face I kept down on it the second time you see him shrink do you? yes 
because the first so the first time we watched it, there was missiles hit. Um, they blocked the entire Avengers facility, and one of them literally looks like it lamps Ant Man in the face. <laughs> Like, and I was like, you guys, like, oh shit, no, not him, not Paul Rudd, not anyone. <laughs> Who's the best of one bot? Kill them all, but leave Paul Rudd. But the second time watching it, I was like, leave I want to see. Into Thanos. <laughs> and you, you literally see as it hits, you see him shrink down. All oh, right. Because um, I had, I was there, like, I need to see whether they actually play that or whether they let Still you believe think it. A missile would kill him if he were small. <laughs> no, I think missiles kill like, ants if it hits an ant. Yeah, but probably he's got the power. Somebody did ants. Okay, it would kill a million ants if you hit a million ants from no, a missile. No, a million ants beats one rocket. By one ant. Oh, By good. one oh, ant. Right, that ant. Right. Oh. One ant is stronger than one worm, and I've played worms. Yeah, they, they, can, are, they can survive also. Although, of course, Hogs of Wars, where is that? They are resilient um, fuck, to be fair. Yeah, and then we got Thanos has arrived. Um, so, yeah, should we talk about the fight? This Because this is where your battle scene starts. Takes a seat for a while because he's a bit tired from walking down yeah, that ramp. He's always tired. He's extremely he's... cocksure, isn't he? Yes. He's extremely sure of Asthmatic, himself. Asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> he seems short distances ruin him. But I think in this one you get to see you get to see more of, of battle Thanos, which is mm. really, really nice to see because you didn't really get to see that much of it in the in the last one. No. Which was nice to, to get that element of him to say that you know he's he's supposed to be this big big you look like you disagree. No, I don't. No, that's no, just his face. <laughs> I don't, I don't that's just how his face works. Just, I'm sorry, I was just listening. My voice. I'll stop. Yeah, how dare you? We're, just surprised, no we're surprised that you listen. No, but the, like, it's nice to get the battle element of Thanos, mm. but I have some some issues with some of the characters, and again, it's just like the power characters within this within this final fight. So Thor, yes, he is fat. It doesn't make him any less of a powerful god. Mm-hmm. And we saw the power that, that Stormbreaker has mm-hmm. in the first infinity in, in the first part of this of this two part. It literally destroys all the power of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yet he doesn't seem to be able to be able to even get him up hit him on target in this one. Yeah. Pissed. Yeah. Really pissed, yeah. but so much ale. And I've, sp- I've sp- I think I've spoken to you about this before, but it's just like when you've got power players that are quite clearly overpowered and could kill the the big bad in a swing. Mm. It annoys me that they pick and choose when that they can use their yeah, powers. Powerful. Yeah, the same thing kind of happens with the cuts of Marvel later. Absolutely, yeah. and yeah. it. It's the, it's the problem that I have. We've spoken about this before. It's the problem that I have with Superman. He yeah. picks and chooses. Why are you always bringing it up because suits? it pisses me off. Like, it keeps me up at night. Why are you always against my boy's suits? Let him be super. He picks and chooses when he has his one vulnerability. Yeah. And it, it really just depends on This the is plot, about Endgame. It's yeah. not about Superman. Okay, okay. Well, Captain Marvel and Thor pick and choose when they are strong and when they are not. And it, it, and apparently Hulk, because he doesn't yeah. do anything now. He doesn't it, appear. It, it really annoys me because you've got. You've got Captain Marvel there saying, "I am, I am the strongest. You don't, you don't, you didn't have me before. I can do this. I can do that." And then it comes down to it. He pretty much like beats the shit out of her. He does punch her in the face with an infinity to the point, to a point. But it's like (laughs) in the same in the same fight, she is extremely powerful and can destroy everything, and then seemingly gets swatted away by Thanos's hand. Yeah, It, 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 it needs to make its mind up. But before then, you get um, the moment with the hammer. Which was probably the, the best moment of the film. Like this is the moment that I was so excited for. And talking about moments that are paying off 
films from down the line. This yeah, yeah, this yeah. was set up in Age of Ultron. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Chekhov's hammer. <laughs> it was a great moment. Don't now, show it's, someone it's, nearly lifting a hammer five years ago if you're not going to bother having him properly use it. But like that for me is like I completely understand that would do nothing for you. Yeah, like, you're just like emotions. you're just like oh he has a new now tool. he has a hammer. Yeah. Uh, but for I was me, the only that was cock in a room. <laughs> for me, that was wonderful. And that's when I talk about on the podcast that like at times this felt like event cinema where like the audience would woo and like people were proper yeah. into that and you felt like this kind of excitement and this buzz in the audience and it's so amazing to feel something like that and be like okay I appreciate that everyone is here apart from Alex everyone is here for like the same reason and are appreciating this moment I've never felt more alienated by a moment in a movie because I genuinely sat there going I know that everyone loves this I do not it just I feel like it makes the experience a hell of a lot better when you you can be it's, it's rare that you get a rowdy a rowdy crowd and it, it, I suppose with the exception of Marvel films because you're always going to get passionate fans for Marvel but it was really, and we had a rather rowdy crowd. Yeah. It was we, definitely rowdy the second time I saw the it. Like. We, we, we saw, I mean, the woos, even at the start of it, I mean, it got applause for fuck's sake. It, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. People were clapping at the end of it. And it, oh, I think it just makes the experience uh, ten times better, especially when you know you're not alone in wanting to shout out. Then when everyone shouts out, you get the... Yeah, you get the confidence. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have. <laughs> well, I love the fact that I recognised that this moment was going to happen like about thirty seconds before it did, and I looked at Ant and like, with excitement, almost, and I was about to go, "He's going to get the hammer," and I then had to hold it back because I was like, "I don't want to ruin this moment for him because if he hasn't noticed what's about to happen, I, I, I noticed it. We, we, we both wanted se- to say the same thing at the same time, and we were just literally looking at each other, almost shaking with excitement, just like I was like, I know what's going to happen here, and then it <laughs> happened, and yeah, then we we cheered, yeah. and, and it's yeah. great to just see him kind of lay some shit down on Thanos like yeah, just and absolutely the thing is, use the hammer to, to hit his shield at his to face. create a blast <laughs> to knock because of blast and knock him down I was like that, that's, that's, that's mm, Marvel oh, porn mm, <laughs> so Moorish <laughs> that moment that, brief. that sort of um, <laughs> that yeah that sort of payoff that moment of that I now understand like oh okay this is how it feels to be the one left out because obviously in Spider-Man Homecoming, the moment you see the shocker on screen, I'm there like, oh my God, I was no, no. cheering. Let's be honest. I was no, clapping, we're gonna, I was we're gonna this anything. And then you get another shocker later in the film. There was one was joke in, in Deadpool. <laughs> right, we went and watched Deadpool and there was one joke in there that literally, yeah, you, are the only, you are the only this person who laughed is in that, that is, entire... Is that the State of Michigan joke? No, it's the... Huh? Um, Spin Doctor's joke. Yeah, Spin Doctor's opening for Yakov Smirnov. Okay. Yeah. At the Iowa State Fair. The only the person in our audience to laugh was Alex. Yeah, I like a Spin Doctor's joke. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't? But yeah, that's, Apparently the rest of the audience. But that was pure fan service, that moment. Oh, yeah. um, and obviously then you get him beaten down and then you have this kind of Thanos being like, that's when he does his whole speech of, I've tried to give you something... You don't appreciate it. I've got to wipe everything out, um, mm. and my army's gonna. And he's he's that thing of I don't take pleasure in what I do, but I'm gonna take pleasure in this. And you could tell that he's a bit pissed at Earth. He's like, "Fuck you, you little pip squeaks. I don't like you anymore." Pip squeaks. Yeah, yeah. A great word. <laughs> um, and he brings and you see his army, and at that point you're like, "Fuck!" And then you're there like, "Where does everyone's army back?" Come from? Um, space. Space army. <laughs> How does he bring it? They they they, they, they come down in those ships, don't they? Like, imagine they've there was only one ship. Yeah, they, they came, came from the came from that ship. See, this is this kind of really baffled me because there's one ship that comes through the portal. 
right? And either his army was already on that ship. To be or fair, that is a big ship. It is a big ship. But some of those worms are mahoosive. Which, by the way, I'll come to because they do nothing. Has anyone know, ever they, noticed? They take, there's giant one, worms do nothing. There's one shot, which is really, which is um, you see somebody talking, and in the background, you see one of those worms going through one of those Doctor Strange portals, and you just see the back of it just waving. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, like you said, it, it does nothing. And it doesn't even move into the portal, and it's not coming out anywhere. Like, I don't even know where it's going. You just see its back end just waving. <laughs> like, there's That's loads of stuff, good. like, because um, I was watching the. But I've seen a bit more kind of focused in the second yeah, time around. Yeah. Like, there's loads of little moments like that where you're just like, what is happening there? <laughs> no one's paid any of the mind like, to this. Some, some people are just dancing, I'm pretty sure, in the background. Like, to be fair, in the way that... Because we kind of gloss over how Thanos figures out how to be here. He, nebula. But um, he does potentially have time to amass a force, which is fair enough. But that presumably means it's on his ship, hmm. which he just doesn't bother to use for a while, which is fine, I guess. Except for that you're chasing the one thing that could defeat you so, so maybe unload everything and, and go for it but even if they're, if they're not on their ship then presumably he's got to contact them and then they get there in time hey like, Bob this universe Bob, is I need really you, small I need you to be at Earth like <laughs> five years time yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's, maybe that's how we did it. Actually, that would make so much more sense. Just, just a quick phone call <laughs> on the Thanos phone. It's Bale in the shape of soundly in his grave. It's in the shape of an infinity gauntlet. <laughs> like one of those novelty phones. Um, okay, final battle. Who wants to talk about any moments in it? Let's go. Let's go crazy here. Let's talk about the, anything. Cause the, so much. The moment. The moment when you got both. He got all of Thanos's force there. He's showing you know, just how big his dick is. Or at that point, he's just saying, "I'm." I'm, I'm really it's weird for him to show his dick in a Marvel <laughs> <Yeah>. film. <laughs> it's odd. It's spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Infinity Stones down it. <laughs> Balls are Infinity Stones. <laughs> um, <laughs> that moment where he's there and he's basically saying, "I'm literally going to tear you apart," and then mm. when the port will start opening up and Cap's standing there one man by himself and he's thinking like this is easy and then they all started to come through as a big fan that was a moment and yeah. I think that probably 99% of the audience 98. 98% <laughs> of the audience would we're agree with everything. me we're just seeing everything come through and it's not just the people that, that disappeared so you know they're alive it's literally Everything. It's, it's all of the Guardians. As Guardians. It's, it's absolutely everything that everyone wanted from a Marvel you could film. Literally just thrown at it. And it's close to the, the, a tingling a feeling you could get whilst watching a movie like this. Uh, and then, then especially with, with then Cap saying... I wish, I wish I, Cap had done the speech. It's the one thing I that wanted, annoys me. I thought he was going to say, I could do this all day. Because he's no, known for saying that. But it's, it makes sense that he says Avengers Assemble. He's, and he's already made that... He said that yeah. in the film. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense they that he says Avengers there. Assemble. Because it... it yeah, but when it was just him and Thanos, Avengers, they had the chance just, to do not, the really famous speech... And he didn't do it. It no, really annoys me. I, I don't think it lost anything for it because that moment... It lost everything! <laughs> I walked out! <laughs> what happened after that? <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed that moment. Yes. Apart from, apart from the, you know, the, him using the hammer and you like kind of losing your shit at that, hmm. that moment, within that battle anyway... Yeah, the was, Avengers Assemble bit kind was, of like yeah, really got you. Got because, me going. It got... Alex, it reminds me of a splash page. I don't know if I've told yeah, you about yeah. splash pages before. I don't know where fucking splash pages. I think that's um, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but you know, it is that kind of thing that you only got in crossover events in comics, like that mm. wonderful kind of all or nothing situation. You're not going to get that 
in any film, any Marvel film, you haven't had it previously, and you're not going to get that again in any Marvel film. So you're going to get that mm. once. And you and might obviously, at some point, they're going to have to raise the stakes, and you wonder how they're going to do it. But that's their problem, not mine. Yeah. Like this moment, I can go. I really enjoyed that. Um, does anyone want to ask, want to pick up anything else in this final battle? Because I know there's definitely points people want to make. There's loads, but I'm kind of letting go. you go for it in terms of go because we're we're only at the moment. We're at the start of. Okay, so because it's um, kind of two halves, isn't it? There's the first half where there's just Thor, Iron Man, and Cap versus Thanos, and then he brings his army down. Yeah, and then Cap brings his army out, and then there's a second. Should Should we talk about the 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 second the 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 female the female characters grouping together with Captain Marvel? I was waiting till we got there. <laughs> okay, so let's get us there. So basically, let's get us there. Let's get us there. So everyone's fighting. Um, there's a lot of people getting the gauntlet they're playing past the parcel with the gauntlet really like the Black Panther um, with the gauntlet and kind of seeing him using his suit um, and it reminds me why I like that character and I genuinely think that was added late on in this after the success of Black Panther yeah. because he wasn't overly used it's still at the moment going oh yeah like if you notice the people who get the gauntlet are the people who are kind of fan favourites so Black Panther Spider-Man. then Spider-Man yeah. uh, we get to see instant kill and then Captain Marvel um, instant kill was the thing is Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel made a it made a billion Captain think, Marvel like, is now a fan favorite it has an Captain audience Captain Marvel is probably a necessity rather than a yeah, you, you can't you can't compare Spider Man with Captain Marvel because yeah, 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 true, yeah, fair yeah no, and it's I, and probably I a necessity is, due to power. Yeah. Captain Marvel it made a billion like it has an audience like it, I'm not saying it a, doesn't but you know. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can go down this. I'm not. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think it's important to note that the the characters who carry it are largely the characters who are going to carry this franchise forward. Yeah, and it Ooh. felt symbolic in a way of yeah. them actually symbolism. taking. All right, let's not, a bit of let's not all there. jump on Hudson because he made so it a deep Haw- Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hawkeye, yeah. Um, yeah, Hawkeye's going to carry forward the Disney Plus universe. It's yeah, fine. You know, His you get... TV series is going to be him teaching kids how to shoot arrows. <laughs> you get a bit of Spider-Man in there, which is nice to see. Um, also, it was nice. there's, there's also a really nice moment, that's, I think before this, where Spider-Man sees Tony Stark. Mm. Um, um, basically, I can't remember what the big guy's name is, the big version of the Black Order. Um, no, the, in, the Hulk big, of the Black yeah, the Hulk, Order. The Hulk, the Hulk Obsidian. Yes. Um, he dies basically because um, Iron Man blasts him, Spider-Man kicks him, and Ant-Man stands on him while giant. Um, oh, I didn't realise that was him. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I was trying to work out when each one died. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Ebony Moore definitely gets turned to ash. Yeah. Um, the Proxima Midnight, I don't even think you see her after the first time she appears. Didn't at least I don't remember. I didn't see her in, the, in it at all. I didn't and she does all. appear at the beginning, and then I don't see her after that. Corvus Glaive, I'm pretty sure, gets murked by a Koye. Yeah, straight like, away. Like, straight stabs away. him straight in the heart. Yeah, straight away. Like, As they're running up to each other, boom, bam. straight away. Dead. <laughs> and he, um, but this is what this is a person that Vision couldn't take out. Like, <laughs> yeah, so you got a really nice moment between Spider-Man and Tony Stark kind of having that kind of, oh, this is what happened, Tony, and he gives him that hug and you're there like, this means a lot for Tony to see that he's back. That well, he's this is his whole reason for doing anything, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, the difference between the two characters because... For, for Spider-Man, it's literally just, this is what happened. It was crazy. It's amazing. He doesn't realise that five years has passed and people's lives have literally been turned upside down. Because yeah, of and that Tony's had to live with the fact that he essentially yeah. killed that child. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so then you get the um, Infinity Gauntlet getting going. Spider-Man uses instant kill mode, which is obviously a callback to mm-hmm. Homecoming, which is really nice to actually, which is just a lot of stabbing. It's good fun. Um, it is great. 
obviously then he does that thing where he rides with Valkyrie and all that kind of stuff and then lands and then Thanos sets off the super things because he's being literally beaten the shit out of by Scarlet Witch. Yeah, she is literally tearing him apart at that point. And yeah. he's just like, tearing fire everything! He has his... He, he has, has a moment. Moment. <laughs> Yeah, he... To be... Scarlet Witch could have ended him yeah. very, very quickly. Probably shouldn't point. have, really. And yeah, he, she was yeah. too busy enjoying it. Yeah. No, when the guns that pointed up towards the sky and started, started firing <laughs> into the sky... Did you go? That's Captain Marvel. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was as obvious as as, as anything because it couldn't have been anything else. Because mm. at that point, without Scarlet Witch, I mean, to be fair, Scarlet Witch could have done it herself. There was no one that could take him out by himself. They needed someone with because you already found out at that point that Thor can't do it for some reason. Yeah. Um, don't know what that reason is. Um, drunk. Drunk. <laughs> but apparently, lightning doesn't hurt Thanos. Who knew? Mm-hmm. No, lightning's pretty powerful. Even so he, Cap tried lightning. So, <laughs> yeah. How he managed that, yeah. by the way. So, yeah. Captain America, the god of thunder. <laughs> um, so they needed someone at some point. So yeah, as soon as those those went up, you're going like, okay, yeah, she's here. Takes down that ship. Um, and then they're like... With oh. a flick of a wrist, really, wasn't yeah, it? it, was, it was. Was, For was... the second time in two films. Oh, Danger does it in Captain Marvel as well, doesn't she? But she's like, oh, I'm just going to destroy some ships. Um, and then you get to the point where she goes and gets the assist because she needs to get the gauntlet to Ant-Man who's got their time machine in the van. And this is where you get to your moment. So we got there. We got Where there. Spider-Man's like, I don't know how you're going to get through that entire giant force. And the response is, she's got us. And here comes... Every female character in the Marvel Cinematic okay. Universe. So the reason that I wanted Rest to talk about oh, Black Widow. The reason I want to talk about this is, <laughs> is because I know I know why they've done it. Yeah. I feel like I know why they've done it is to nod at what they did in the last movie because of the the female battle in the last movie and they want to emulate that they can be a formidable force. But the problem is by trying to show them as a formidable force is you don't then negate it by putting Captain Marvel right smack bang in the middle of it that shows I actually don't need any of you at all you mean nothing and I'm stronger than all you combined and by the way thanks for making me look good that's all that they really did mm-hmm. they, they, they were rendered, rendered useless almost immediately so if you're going to if you're going to have them as a strong force, have them as a strong force. Don't then negate that strong force by showing someone stronger. This also pulls back to my point on convenient moments. They're, they're all, all in the middle of a battle, and they all, all happen together. to be within earshot when Captain Marvel. Oh, sorry, a coy, isn't it? That says she's not alone. And everyone's like, "That's my cue." <laughs> like it's just yeah, the thing convenient. is, like you say, I completely understand why why it's there because there is a certain part of this audience that feels under, underserved and not uh, rightly so let's and be honest. Well, yeah. we, we had this conversation didn't we now, mm. I know people who have been to see this film and that was a really important moment for them and they've gone because you know apparently it links, there's an A-Force comic where it's the female Avengers um, and you know that means something to them that they see those characters on screen but also they see themselves represented on screen the problem is what you were talking about which mm. is you're basically hanging the lantern on the fact that you don't have yeah Correct. Strong female characters because they I mean, are. you haven't had up until very recently characters, female characters who have any um, real importance, any real uh, yeah importance or agency of their own. Yeah. And the problem that I have with it is, you can show me all the female characters you have, and some of them are really good characters, and I think have the potential to be mm. really good characters going forward. Yeah. For example, particularly with Black Panther. I think that is a world where they have established that the females in that world are vitally important and just as important and powerful as the men. 
the issue I have is that you then show me this and I'm going, it shines a light on the fact that you haven't done it for about eight years. It's very telling that most... Of your 11, eight of those have had really poorly written characters. It's very telling that most of those females in that scene, apart from Pepper Potts, are pretty much phase three. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Very late forward. additions. And in. one has a film. Yes, mm-hmm. one has a solo yeah. film, and it's the most recent. Yeah. Yes, that, and that's, are, that was what was told to me. And they are still light years behind in terms of what I would expect them to be able to do with these characters at this point. It's less of a moment than the uh, the female fight scene in Infinity War, which is a much better version of what you get here <laughs> yeah, with agreed. just three characters, I think. Yeah. Well, because those characters Black Widow, all have Koye, and, and Scarlet, Witch. Scarlet, Witch. Scarlet Witch have that moment together in the trench. That's great. Yeah. This feels meaningless because you see it for 20 seconds and then it's on to the next yeah. thing. And it's like, and it is, it, is, it is a perfect encapsulation with their problem with female characters is that they are willing to give them the briefest of glimpses in the limelight and then go, doesn't matter about them, this is all about this now. It's why I hope, so at the end of this film, Four goes to join the um, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and he turns around to Falcon and he's like, you're, the, you're basically the king here now. Yeah. And I really hope that if they do do a 4-4, four, four, they make her 4. And yeah. they go, you now have the power of four. Yeah. And the film is her. Yeah. Because I like Tessa Thompson. Um, and I would and love I to like see... her character as well. I like Valkyrie. Yeah, an Valkyrie's interesting character. And I'd love to see her basically... She is the worthy... Like, she gets Monier or whatever. She becomes worthy. And she is basically four. This feeds into... I don't know if now's the time to say it, but I will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We... I suppose we're, we're, we're getting to... We're approaching it. the two-hour mark in the <laughs> podcast, so we may as well. Um, my, my thing is... At this point, with the established characters that are still surviving in this universe, you've done what you can do with them in my eyes. I want to see new takes on your established franchises. So if you can take risks, and I don't believe it is a risk to have Tessa Thompson take up that mantle, because I think you've got a really accomplished actor there. I think someone who can understand the drama and the comedy as well, and is you know good at both of those and someone who we don't know all that much about at the moment, but that just gives you the idea that, hey, if you're going to make another Thor film, that is your Thor, because there's so much you can do with that. We've seen what we've seen the complete range of what Chris Hemsworth Thor yeah. is. And the thing is, he could, he could play well with the Guardians. Like We see at the end that like, he yeah. plays well with Chris Pratt. This like, is the best moment of the film. And right? I, funniest I, thing. I'm there like, okay, that's great. Let him go play there. Let us have a, if we're going to have a new, another four film, which is really rumored. Let us have Tessa Thompson in that, mm-hmm. and I think that that moment in this film made me think you actually need to do something with these characters now. Yeah. If you're going to put them there, you're going to have to do something with them. Yeah, you've got to do more than just set them up like this. You've got to actually follow through on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Final battle. So yeah, then we get the whole kind of Thanos gets the gauntlet. Is stopped by Captain Marvel. Gets nutted. Um, she doesn't move. But then, but then, this leads to something that really annoys me, which is we see him take the power stone into his hand and punch her, and it annoys it me that he releases it, doesn't it? In two films, we've not seen more manipulation of the stones. Yeah. Now that we have a gauntlet that has all the stones, 
every time they're all together, it's just I want to click my fingers, and basically that's that's it. Yeah, I don't understand but why I, he doesn't just use the gauntlet when because she's physically yeah, holding it. So why does he have to take the stone out? He's, he's done it. Yeah. He's done it in in the last. Well, he does. He does it so that he can put it into that hand, so he can punch with the other hand. Yeah, but yeah, but he doesn't. Need holding, to, she's holding. She's holding the glove like that. Yeah. So why doesn't he just use the power of the stone in the glove to yeah. knock her away? Yeah, I don't know whether the glove has to be closed or does you know, it, probably. Does but it, I don't know. That's the thing because because they're not used. Because that yeah, but he has this um, wrist, his hand closed, doesn't he? Does, Does he have his hands kind of? Oh, his hand closed. He's, he's twisting it. It's like he's twisting something. Um, oh, maybe. It, do, yeah. it, it doesn't good. make for a cool cinematic punch. But yeah. the problem, the problem <laughs> is, it, yeah. is that I've not seen enough manipulation of these stones and how they can be used. Powerful, powerfully. Yes, like there's some really great moments in Infinity War, like when he when he pulls a moon down. Like that's a really great moment of going. This is how he's able to manipulate the powers that he has to get an upper hand in battle. And in this, it's literally just a case of get me my finger and I'll click my fingers. Yeah. And I don't think at any point, apart from the time when he actually takes the stone out, yeah. do I ever see him use them? Yeah. And no, even in the last film, desperation. But even in the last film, I don't see him use the stones, yeah. and it's it, it's annoying because. You've got changes reality a few times in that film. In In this one, not in this one though. No, but what I'm saying is he doesn't use that in this film simply because it's it's desperation on both sides of this. They're not wanting to use the 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 stones singly because by themselves they have no use to them. All they want to do is reverse what they've done. All Thanos wants to do is is redo what he did but better. So they've got no they've got no desire to want to pull down a planet. They've got no desire to change reality. All he wants yeah, to do is was eviscerate. Yeah, sure, but you, so at the start of this this is right. So you know you were both talking about when the portal started to arrive and everyone came through them and you were all loving life. The reason I didn't, right? Because it's, it's, it's a good, don't get me wrong, like that, that image is fantastic. <laughs> and I did enjoy that I you know I understood your spread page moment and that image is fantastic. The reason I didn't like it is because I knew what was happening next which was this massive battle of colour that means nothing, because at this point, you possess six Infinity Stones. We've seen Ronan be able to wield one on his own, and we've got characters now that are more powerful than him. So why can't Captain Marvel wield one? Why can't you put one in Molyneux? Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't separate them for the use of battle to win the war, and then use them at the end for what you need it to do. That's kind of what I wish would happen. Like, there's a... There's a really great bit from the animated series where Thanos basically proves how powerful he is and he does it to belittle the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and he basically takes them through the stones one by one and shows what he can do with just one stone. Um, and I don't know if it's just the fact that I really wanted to see that on screen, um, but it seems like we spent now 11 years gathering these MacGuffins to then not use them. Yeah. Um, to use them basically for one big thing. And it, it, for just and it, ju- it just kind of disappoints me that I'm like... You have the you have all the Infinity Stones. You can do something probably a bit more creative with them, but actually, because of what they've set up, they have to go down this thing of it's it's all or nothing. Yeah. Um, and you know, it leads to a really great moment. Like, I think the the so we, we get on to now the the kind of the finale. Of yeah, it. right. It leads to the Tony Stark moment, which is a really emotional moment. Um, him getting those stones. He was and the sleight of hand is is, is second to none. Really. I he still don't take, know how he does it. I, I've he watched, should take up a, a career in, in in magic, really. Well, I, I don't think just, he can now. He seems, well, well, Dynamo he, styled he, his facial hair on him. <laughs> but he, that's he, a pretty he, good he, Dynamo he, joke, he, and he, no one gave me. Sorry, belatedly, great. He jumps on his hand and then all of a sudden has all of the stones somehow. Mm. Nanotech. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know if he's people. just if he's just his his suit is just got 
stone magnets in them or something. He's well, just gone, whoop. This is the thing, but is he... that you see those nanotechy little things. Uh, this film and Black Panther owe a lot to Jason X, which is <laughs> the first on-screen appearance of nanobots. Um, Jason X is an incredible film uh, yeah I would certainly say it's the first in the MCU Um, (laughs) it predates uh, Iron Man by about 8 years Uh, Jason X doesn't get enough credit is what I'm saying so what do you think about the Jason X Tony Stark's death oh uh, sorry yeah Um, Jason Takes Manhattan is one of my favourites it's one on a cruise ship Uh, Tony Stark's death Ugh. Hits you right did, in did the field. Did you feel anything here? Yeah, but... This, okay, so here's the thing. For me, the the emotional driving force of this film is Tony Stark. Yes. Uh, the point that I felt most close to crying in it was about five minutes into the film. Was when the tacos got blown over and you were like, oh, I really <laughs> yeah. like tacos. It's a waste of good tacos. <laughs> so I was there like, ah, I'll go get a cheesy gordita crunch from uh, Taco Bell instead. Anyway, oh, so... A slight little plug there. <laughs> yeah, for a... They're not sponsoring us yet, <laughs> For a product they don't even fucking sell in the UK. How about that? Anyway, um, so yeah, he's the emotional driving force for me, and I think his relationship with Peter Parker is what really works for me, mm-hmm. and has worked since his appearance in... Uh, less so in uh, Civil War, but definitely in Homecoming, and, yeah. then, and then in Infinity War as well. So here you get a couple of payoffs in it, one very early doors where you can tell how distraught he is about Peter Parker dying. Like, you can tell that it's really got to him. And then that then eats him up inside, I think. And I think it's more about him than about the world. It almost feels like he's centred in on that as the, the centre of his grief. Anyway, so that stuff is all very good. And their, reunite, uh, their reunion thing in the middle of the battle while Ant-Man squishes um, whatever his name is like a bug that's fun uh, and then this coming full circle you know everyone gets their moment with Tony and sort of you know says goodbye and all that and that's kind of nice it does feel a little bit overdone but I can appreciate why it is yeah. because it's your big death death um, and it means something because this is the man who has carried this franchise forward from 2008 on. I think it makes sense for his character as well yeah it does and it feels like this is the the natural conclusion of his story. Uh, still don't really believe in him and Pepper Potts. <laughs> See, I, I, it was really weird because I've never really had much of a connection between those two. It's always it's always kind of been like, even though that they're together, it always feels like she is still because... his his assistant. But in this film, especially to, at that moment, at that moment you've got Peter Parker starting to cry and then you start to, it starts to tug at the heartstrings a little bit. But I think I felt more emotional when Pepper was talking to him than, than when yeah. Peter was. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because she was accepting of it and she knew it was happening. She was just talking him through going because I feel like that's more, mm. more real and more emotional than trying, than crying for someone saying, I can't believe it's happening. Mm. That felt, and I don't know if that's why I felt well, a little bit more emotional for that than I did for Peter basically just crying over his idol. For, for me, what got dying was the fact that once again, Tony is the man with the quips. Tony has everything to say, and in this moment, his last moments, he can't say anything. Like he is, his brain is fried, and you can see that he's he's there, but he's not there. Mm. And it's seeing that basically his last act was to save 
everyone. Mankind. And he knew he knew that basically the the idea of this was to bring everyone to him so that he keeps what he had what he had. Like you know, he wanted to keep what he had and also bring everything back. And for everything to survive that way, he has to give up everything. Um, and that moment where you go, that's that's our hero. That's the man that we've followed this entire time. And we're not going to have a, a, a signing off quip or anything from him. This is, you know, you get the I am, I'm Iron Man kind of thing, I suppose, when he clicks his fingers. But after that, then you don't get any kind of like, oh, it's going to be fine, you know, um, thing. In that moment, you then kind of just see what what is left of, you know, a human wielding that much power. Um, I thought it was really, it was really hard hitting. It was, it was extremely hard hitting. I think the closest I felt to crying though was, and I've said this to you in there, it wasn't Tony dying, it wasn't the funeral, it was Happy Hogan. Talk, it was Happy talking to his daughter. About just saying, I'll get you as many, many cheeseburgers as you want. For some reason, I just, just went, oh, because you were there just like, I want cheeseburgers. <laughs> it's been three hours, I'm so hungry. His, his goodbye message was, was quite nice yeah. as well, and I think that that was, because like you said, he couldn't get anything out at the end because he was literally just... He is the suit he, of armor around the world. He was, his goodbye message was was that and I think was probably the biggest <laughs> tear jerkery moment. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, clap approved. it. Approved. You could bra- you brave him if you want. That's cool. I'm, it wasn't brave. Like said, it was I'm honest. Moving it, I'm moving on from that. Oh, We're okay. moving past it. So, have you done your Doctor Strange bit or not? I no, what to say about Doctor Strange? Shit. So Doctor Strange knew this shit was happening and conveniently put himself. He's like, I'm just going to break this down so I don't have to do it because he knew what was about to happen. Because you even see him just before Iron Man does it. He's like, What way? You got. I'm busy. I'm over. I'm, who's, I'm on this who's shit. holding this water? Oh no! If I let this, we'll all get wet. I, I can't click. Can't oh, click. No poseable thumbs. Remember, remember, I crippled my hands. Yeah, it's, it's my character trait. Crippled hands. Like, it's got to be you. It's like, oh, Hulk's all the way over there. Oh no! I was Tony. really annoyed that Benjamin Bratt didn't come back in this one to play some <laughs> basketball to defeat. I wish I'm a freak. Put the um, <laughs> put the stones in the basketball. Boom! 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 Into Thanos' face, <laughs> explode his face. Benjamin Bratt saves the world. He is Iron Man. But then um, Thanos comes back and he's like the character from uh, Dying of a Day, where he's got oh little no. little shards of Infinity Stones all in his oh face. Oh But then he gets to Diamond drive face. the Jaguar XKR with a machine gun oh, in the back. Beautiful car. In that film, not so much because nice. they ruin it with a machine gun. I yeah, believe, I believe, seen I believe, was it you that yeah, sat in yeah, that car? Yeah, I sat in that car because because mm-hmm. my dad's a legend. Little bit, um, <laughs> little bit of facts for you. Yeah. Right. You, you, know, you knew this anyway. I'm sure right. I've told everybody this story. It feels odd without any. Not in that way, but like. You know, I, I had that conversation with you recently where I said, I always feel like he judges me as a 16-year-old boy, even though I'm now 28 years old. And I've never I've, I've never felt comfortable in a conversation with your dad. And I've had conversations with your dad that last an hour and a half. It feels odd that without any context that that's going to sound really weird. I've sat in that car because my dad's a legend. It's, there's just no, there's no explanation behind it. Yeah, I'm not going to explain it either. Um, so yeah... The funeral. The weird thing and about his the dad fun- is James Bond. <laughs> the weird thing about the funeral is when the camera pans through the crowd, mm. some of the people look like they aren't actually there. Like yeah, Benedict probably- Cumberbatch looks like he's CGI'd into yeah, that scene. They're probably not. Um, and there's a couple of us who literally look like they've just been drawn in by hand. Yeah. And you're like, this is really weird. Um, Rex also looks like a different colour. Yeah. Uh, if you know, um, looks, yeah. Obviously, this leads to the Steve Rogers yeah. Uh, time thing. problem. Yeah, time problem, and him giving the shield to Falcon. Um, 
should go to Bucky, really, let's be honest, he's superhuman. Yeah, but I feel like, and so I've spoken to a few people about this, and I think that whilst Bucky is his best friend, and whilst he is a strong person, he is a superhuman. Yeah. Falcon's really sad. <laughs> Falcon can fly, so. Falcon. He can drop the shield on people. <laughs> Death from above. I feel like I feel like Bucky is maybe a little bit too too internally wounded from what he's done to be able to hold the ideals and values of a Captain Falcon America. carries Bucky carrying the shield drops Bucky with the shield surfing on it like a teenage mutant ninja turtle heroes in a half shell uh, and then they just he just surfs on the heads of his enemies that's 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 one way perfect to team up. and how did you like that as the end of his character because obviously that's Falcon's much. dead. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The weight <laughs> of the shield and expectation is <laughs> too much. But how did you like Just that? Just hit the big time. I'd be interested to see what they do with him as Captain America. But what about like Steve Rogers? So that's Steve Rogers, old man Rogers. Other than the time nonsense. Mm. Yeah, it was it was nice and it was expected. As soon as he went back in time, you knew he wasn't coming back. You knew he wasn't coming back because I I half expected him to anyway, I say I half I fully expected him to die in battle. I was I was waiting. I kept on saying, "And this is the moment he dies." And this is the moment he dies. And it never it never happened. So as soon as he went back in time, I knew that he wasn't going to come back five seconds later as planned. Chekhov's Pe- Peggy Carter. It was <laughs> don't set Good this way. up. In, yeah. run of it? He no, was, he was always going to do what nailed it first time. Peggy Carter. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't care about that so that's, character. That's you, know that the movie. you know that's my issue is that I never, I have never cared about that character mainly because I hate America. <laughs> no wait hang on. If you're listening, America, I think you're all right. I've been in you twice this year. Hey, my out the gutter. Ayo. Both of you. Thank you, Barrett, for not jumping. He in doesn't there. hate you. He just, he just, just slightly, slightly dislikes. You. How could I dislike someone who's got the greatest president of all time? And on that note, <laughs> I think we should end there, shall we? Yes, yeah, so that's kind of not the current president, right? <laughs> I no, I'll never a tell. Big Reagan fan. Um, yeah, that kind of gets us to the end um, of the entire thing. It's a Is long film. Any yeah. end? Because there's the, well, because right, so the end of this, you've obviously you've got like Steve Rogers as little ending, which was you know yeah. nice if you liked it. Uh, annoying if you hated his time jumping. Um, there's about nine endings. Immediately after that, because mm-hmm. they they fully return to the king. This don't they? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean, is Frodo goes off with yeah, Gandalf, yeah, starts sailing away with the elves. You get to see Samwise start family. Yeah, Gollum's uh, there melting in lava. Yeah, Aragorn becomes <laughs> king. It's there's a lot of them. Hey, connective tissue between the two films. Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> just, just thought I'd. Uh, yeah. She's not in this one, but obviously you know part of this universe. Yeah, yeah. You get the. As Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians of the Galaxy, which looks amazing and is the funniest moment of the film. Chris Hemsworth's look is just fantastic. Yes. Um, What else have you got? Because basically these are the ones that are the only things you've got to go on. Peter Parker Parker goes back to school. school. Which says to me that Ned maybe got snapped as well. Yeah, presumably because they're the same age. Yeah, yeah, they... But they all the but when they all... met when they met up they looked like they were like oh my god that was crazy yeah. Yeah. was it you were speaking about this which was like all me, of the like... important characters you've met in Spider Man Homecoming all happen to get snapped it's a plot convenience yet again oh, it's gonna but, and I do not hold John Watts responsible for that plot <laughs> contrivance I hold 
Whoever wrote this script, whoever the the it guys were. It would be quite nice if they'd left one or two. Yeah. Do we, is it definitely in the trailer? Yeah, like when Stacy is like considerably older. Yeah, it's like five years older yeah. than them all now. It would be quite interesting because it would be an opportunity to look at the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which ultimately... Flash Gordon's now a sort of mid-teens, Flash well, Gordon. elderly <laughs> teens bully. <laughs> Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. I was laughing at Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh, I've got Defenders of the Earth are also part of this. Flash Thompson, there we go. <laughs> Flash Gordon. Well, um... when he came back, they said Gordon's alive. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think if he had a Marvel run. Did they own the property at one point? No idea. Of course, we all have to remember the first Marvel film was, of course, Howard the Dark, genius. Who apparently is in the battle scene. Really? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. You've been back to watch it. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. He's in a microwave. He's getting, he's getting torn apart. That is the only time the Infinity Stones are used to just on him. Someone's literally there just tearing him apart. <laughs> just plucking him. Plucking him at you, bastard. Does anyone have anything else to add? I would say that it sounds like we've been bashing this film quite a lot. I love it. But I actually did really, really enjoy it. There are, and I think the reason that we do, and it's again for most films that we love, I think that we we are so hard on the bits that we didn't like it's because we we want it to be successful and we did like it it's just the things that we didn't like we really didn't like but mm-hmm. I think overall I think we've got two people that really liked it here and two, I really liked it oh, you, you really know, liked I, it yeah, I'm, I'm always really hypercritical on films but I'm generally hypercritical on films that I like more if, yeah. if I'm not hypercritical on it it's either because it's comically shit or because it's, like, it's bland yeah. and I don't care. <laughs> or, I think or it's overall, very good. It was a, it, <laughs> In which yeah. case, we'll, you, perfect. we'll right. wax lyrical over that. That's form. right, yeah. But I think overall it's a very fitting conclusion to yes. this 11 years and I'm glad that we got what we got because I don't think that they could have... They could have... I think if we changed some of the things that we spoke about, it may have been a six, six seven hour long film. Yes. But I think that we got the conclusion that we got and I think most people... The majority of people are going to be extremely happy with what we've got. That goes by, you know, just the sales figures alone. In the first week, they've made $1.2 billion or something. Yeah, that's smart like that. So, um, I think that it's going to be a, a, a probably considered one of the best, if not the best, Marvel film. And it's quite fitting that it's, yeah. it ends this chapter of, of... And all consequential Avengers chapters. <laughs> We'll get back onto that in our state of comic book movies um, podcast. Alex, do you have anything to add as the dissenting voice from the crowd? I'm glad you guys liked it. I oh, think thank you. It's it look. It's a film for you, and that's good. Purely for me. Well, for that's the, why I had that gambit cameo halfway as, through. <laughs> you as a collective, you know, the, the comic book movie fans. Clearly, this is the film that they wanted. You yeah. know, may not be perfect for them because they may have ideas of, oh, I want this to happen or this to happen. Or your own theories may have not come true, but by and large, I think it's a pretty good send off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it does; it ticks the boxes. And yeah, sure, there's an hour long fight scene in it, and that's a big issue for me. Yeah. But <laughs> I appreciate that without that, you're going to feel short changed. It's like if uh, if there was a series of Twin Peaks that didn't mention coffee, I'd be upset. So I, it, you and me both. All right, you don't like the show. You Fans of the show. Know. I don't understand that reference. There's a cup of coffee. Of Captain Marvel here. I don't understand that reference. And it is a damn fine cup of coffee. Like okay. the thing is, he knows some of the things from the show, but he just okay. Hello. That's not bad. That's from the show. It's like a seven out of ten effort. You've done it better before. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> 
my my <laughs> my conclusion is, you know, it's great if this is the sort of thing you like, and if you don't like it, then you know, I like the first third. If this isn't the sort of thing you like, you should have figured it out twenty two films ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> realistically. And unfortunately, I have to do this fucking podcast. <laughs> Well, I love that you say have to as though it's like a sentence. He makes me! <laughs> and on that note... I'm court-ordered to be here. Where can people find more from this podcast? Facebook and on iTunes. Wait, hang on. All right, let's start that again. Fuck it. Okay, go. You're the one saying it. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm about, son. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at DinosaurMan15. Everywhere else, we're DinosaurManNerdcast. So that's Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, iTunes, Spotify, iTunes. Stitcher, still? Stitcher, yeah. Still Stitcher. We're going to delete Stitcher. We're going to go off Stitcher, guys. What? Yeah. We're all on Spotify. Spotify exclusive. Since when? Tomorrow. Okay. How many versions of iTunes? Snap my fingers. We're now on half the platforms we were I'm before. I'm pretty sure we used that joke on Sunday episode. Shut up. Now you're on no platform. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we ended up just on Spotify. Um, thank you yeah. for joining Neves. Thank you for joining Neves for the theme song this time. I am Iron Man. It was uh, Black Sabbath again. Brilliant. Uh, not brilliant, just okay. <laughs> that was bad. That was a bad rendition yeah, of it, I am it, Iron if Man. If I say brilliant, you might shut up. <laughs> <by> average, <laughs> really. Yeah, you might. Or maybe you'll just encourage me to talk more. Thank you to our guest today, Anthony McCormack. Where can they find you? Do you want to plug anything at this point? Uh, yeah, just if, your butt. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess Come if, on. Uh, we've got... Uh, We're better than that. <laughs> We could do better than that. Can we do better than Yeah, so um, I currently... Just slam the death. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never done this before. I no. feel like I'm on All right, spot. Barrett, you do it instead. <laughs> I know you've got nothing to play. Okay, Matt, Okay, on. so if um, if you want to guys, guys want to check out Talk and Review on YouTube, my friend and I from work do uh, movie reviews. And also, if it's your thing, fragrance reviews also. So... Check that out. It's they are worth watching, all of them. <laughs> uh, have you got a review of Endgame up there yet? Um, no, but I'm currently recording my Game of Thrones one tomorrow and we'll be recording Endgame very, very shortly. So, so check that Jesus. out. It's, talk, like listening talk to desk. Barrett, it's like listening to Barrett talk about time talk continuity. Talk and review. Talk and review in with the N, not N, because we're cool kids. And if you get scared by the fact there's 15 different intros to your videos... <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry it. about it. We're growing. It's growth. It's Mark. absolute growth. Mark, That's what have you got to plug? <laughs> I know that you don't know what a plug is. <laughs> I'm really confused. You're just like, a, a sink? But what would you like to tell us about? Yeah. So, uh, have you learned anything recently? <laughs> as a human? You know, it's kind of like at the end of a sitcom episode. Have you grown? You might give like a little speech at the end and be like, you know. Like a shout out to someone. All this stuff this week made me think, maybe my kids aren't the worst. I know you don't have kids. So is there anything you would like to plug? Still. Your okay. explanations were really like all over the shop. <laughs> right? okay. I thought plugging was selling yourself, but then it's like okay, sell, sell okay, yourself. So <laughs> sell yourself. Excuse me, gentlemen. <laughs> okay, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That, that was as that was as enthusiastic a plug for anything I thought I was going to hear from him. <laughs> thank you, Alex. Thank you for hosting. It's been a pleasure. And until next time, uh, this is the end of the universe, guys. So uh, we're not going to ever come back for another spoiler special. See you Sunday. Die, die, die.